much horror business driving late at night. Psycho 78, 12 o'clock, don't be late. Greetings salutations. My name is Justin Lore. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you are listening to episode 46 of Horror Business. Horror Business. Today, we are doing a retrospective of one of the greatest horror franchises of all time. Would you agree to that, Liam? Sure. And we are joined by reoccurring guest, noted Edgeman, and certified Iron Man, John Wren. How's it going, John? Hello, everybody. You may know John from his hit podcast, The Mandate. You may know him from that one time you went to see White Zombie and some weirdo moshed you, and you thought, <laughs> some who weirdo, the, some who weird the fuck 12, is moshing at White Zombie? We're a 12-year-old. <laughs> I know him as um, enabler of the vegan straight edge at This Is Hardcore when Earth Crisis played two years ago. When I was just going to stand by the side, you were like, were you moshing for this? And I was like... I guess. Now I am. You're like, good call. It's like, God damn it. And if you were there this year for One King Down, you would have had to mosh for that, too. Yeah. I would not have allowed you to just stand there. I agree. I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't if, have stood there. If I had been there, I would have moshed for Bloodlust Revenge. Just that song? Yeah. I probably would have actually hurt someone during their set. <laughs> if not, if... if, if, if just if, the part where he's yelling revenge, yeah. I would have had to have punched someone in the face. <laughs> 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 Dun, 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 dun. Dee, nee, 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 you would have waited like the whole set for that 30 seconds. No, I would have just been spin kicking. Oh. And people would be like, well, as long as you stay away from him while he's spin kicking, it's fine. And then right at that moment, I just would have run up to someone. Once they're lulled into a sense of false security. I would have run up to someone. Liam said, strikes like a phantom I'm, in the night. I would have said, I'm very sorry. And then punched him in the face. <laughs> and then I would have cried because my hand is very weak. <laughs> I probably would have broken a figure or something. Oh God. <laughs> now I wish you were there. <laughs> Revenge! Sorry. So, Check it out, One Kingdom. Yeah, a little-known band. You might have heard of them. <laughs> I mean, our listenership, I bet you more than half the people listening to this right now don't know who One Kingdom is. Yeah. I didn't think half the people that were going to be at this hardcore were going to know who One Kingdom was. <laughs> Last time I saw them was the Kill Time when, God forbid, was like on their way up. They had just released that Determination record, yeah. and A Life Once Lost had just put out that EP, right? that Flies EP. So I figured when we got there, this thing was going to be like wall-to-wall jam. 30 people. Maybe 10 cared. Yeah. So that was my last thought with One King Down. I was like, man, this is not going to go over well at all. And as soon as they came out, people went bonkers. Yeah. I think you make a trip. I think you get that. was the... literally that seeing seeing Saturday night, seeing like the videos people were posting on Instagram. That was literally the only time I, I, I wish I was there this year. Mm. Like, I'm old. And people will know. I, I guarantee. I guarantee Ryan Sawyer. Yeah. Giant be with you. What up? The keep number one keep of the faith. I fucked it up. <laughs> number one fan of the keep. Michael Mann's masterpiece. My man will know. Who it would have been better if you said keeper of the faith. Keeper then, of the faith. Yeah, he's yeah. a huge terror yeah. fan. Yeah. So uh, before we go any further, just want to say this episode is brought to you by you, by you. I mean our Patreon subscribers. Yo, I got to jump in here. What up? Last week. This wasn't last week, but the last episode. Okay. I like saying last week, like we do it all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week or so, uh, we were talking about Patreon, and I busted balls. Okay. I was joking around, and I said, only if you're $10 and above. And you, of course, playing the good cop, were like, no, no, no. Don't ever call me a cop. Playing the good one, okay. we're like, everybody. And I'm like, yeah, of course, you're right, everybody. 
but I bummed out some people and I feel bad because they thought I was being serious or at least making a joke about something I actually feel. Yo, I'm impressed anyone even listens to the show. Yeah. Let alone gives us money. So if you give us money, I'm, I was just kidding. Any amount is if, let's say you don't even want to do the Patreon amounts. You just want to PayPal me 50 cents. That's fine. That's cool. Send me, send me two bits. No, two bits is 25 cents. Two bits. <laughs> I bid two bits. Sorry. So that was Liam's apology, which you Anyways, can accept. Patreon is great. You should do it. Patreon is great. We are eternally grateful for anything and everything you give us. Yep. Um, if you have subscribed, get at us. We'll send you some free shit because we're very grateful. Yeah. I don't even know. Remember what the levels are anymore. I don't. I have no idea. So just we'll just send you. Stuff. Yeah. Um, or if you want, I don't know, just get at us. Hit us up. Well, one of the things for this show was hit us up with topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now that would be hard. You guys don't know. Justin plans this shit months in advance. Like, Cinepunks, you might get a feeling when you listen to the Cinepunk show that we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants. That's completely accurate. Like, we, you can't, <laughs> even that day, the fact that we happen to be in the same room, pure luck. It's just, it's crazy. But Justin's like, here's the Google Doc. We have a Google Doc. With all the films that I find appropriate for us to cover. And I'll tell you what, if you donate, this is going on record. Do it. If you, I'm gesturing, gesturing with my pen in my hand. If you donate to us $5 or more. Yeah. That's get at the me. Lowest, that's the lowest level. $10 or more. <laughs> no, no, no. $5, $5 or more. Because I want people to feel like they're included. Yeah. yeah. $5 or more. I will send you copy of that Google Docs of the episodes we have planned out. And you can, I don't know, pick one. Because this episode we're doing today, this was John's idea. I was like, fuck yeah, we'll do a fucking Evil Dead retrospective. You're goddamn right. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for subscribing. We're very grateful. And um, just get at us. Say what's up. Give us ideas for stuff. We appreciate it. So, if you aren't subscribing to Patreon, but you want to, you can head to www.cinepunks.com. That's Cinepunks with an X. And there's information there. It's Patreon. You know how to use Patreon. If you have any questions, just get at me on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, you can email us, too. Yeah. If you want Liam's phone number, message me on Twitter, and I'll give you that. I'll just give it to you right now. (laughs) So the other people that are responsible for this, that are bringing this to you, are the questionable people over at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. They're fine. They're fine. Some of them. It's all right. A few of them. Brad okay. is. Yeah. I like Brad. Brad's cool. So now, now John, you're a certified Iron Man. I'm going to start calling you Tony Stark. I'm changing you to Tony Stark on my phone. Now let's say you have an idea for a t-shirt. Can I be John Joseph Jr.? You can be John Triple J. <laughs> you're now Triple J. So if you have an idea, let's say, let's say you finally want to get t-shirts made for your John Joseph fan club. Let's say you want to get that happen. Where would you go to get that t-shirt made? The mini mags. What's the name of the club? The mini mags. The mini mags. Where where would you go to get that t-shirt made? Well, there could be a few places. Now there's one. Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Well, that was that was the number one on the list. That was the number one (laughs) list. That's the only one on the list. Whether you need a t-shirt for your John Joseph Appreciation Club or for your stoner metal band. Sure. Which keep that shit away from me. Yeah. Or your youth youth group. Your youth group. Your LARPing. LARPing. Your KISS Army. If you're a member of the KISS Army, you want to get t-shirts made. Maybe you play Dungeons & Dragons. Who knows? We're not here to judge. Whatever you want, whatever you want a t-shirt made for, they will do it. If you want a t-shirt, a thong, a codpiece, a uh, tall tee, a Dr. Seuss hat. I keep coming back to yeah. Dr. Seuss hats because I will make someone break Chris Reject down into making Dr. Seuss hats. I will, 
I will live to see that. John Joseph appreciation thongs. Yeah. Hell yeah. He'd appreciate that. Or, you know what? We should, we should get metal sweatpants. Mental sweatpants? Metal sweatpants. Oh. Like 80s style metal sweatpants. Hell yeah. But they say horror business. I like that. In the fucking Morbid Angel font. Sure, whatever. Yeah. So, if anything we've said against all reason has intrigued you, you can head to www.xlvacx.com. That's www.xlvacx.com. Don't let the X's fool you. Don't you for one goddamn minute think that Chris Reject is or ever has been anything resembling straight edge. Because he's fucking not. www.xlvacx.com Liam. Yes. (laughs) Have you done anything horror-related recently? You know, um, usually my answer to this is no. As you know, I live a boring, uneventful life, but... Uh, what is awesome is that uh, my wife made the opportunity for me to head down to Philly uh, okay. through her loving sacrifice of spending time with our child. <laughs> okay. And uh, I managed to f- go to the Exhumed Film screening. Uh, it was actually a double feature, though, okay. I, though I stayed only for one, of uh, Flesh for Frankenstein and Blood for Dracula. The uh, oh, Now, is it Peter or Paul Morrissey who directed those? Blood for Dracula that has Udo Kier in it, right? Mm-hmm. These are both the oh, man. They, they were they were also known as Andy Warhol's Frankenstein or Andy Warhol's. Gotcha, Dracula. gotcha. He, he sort of brought the team together. They were like his productions, but they were both directed by the same uh, person, written by and directed by the same person uh, whose last name is Morrissey. I think it might be Paul Morrissey. You sure, it's not Stephen Patrick. I should have looked it up, but I feel bad. <laughs> Anyways, you guys couldn't see the insane eye roll looking at that. <laughs> uh, what's great about Flesh for Frankenstein, besides? Udo Kier is that it's also in 3D and for those of you who don't know Exume Films has found a way to do 3D that is um, entirely their creation so people yeah, I won't bore you with all the science of it but basically in order for 3D to work you need a silver screen and theaters don't have silver screens anymore that's why the term the silver screen is no longer applicable no one has them they don't exist but Harry, using science and ingenuity... And sorcery. And I assume sorcery. <laughs> blood sorcery. Yeah. Uh, he's created these his own version of the Googles that allow you to see the 3D without a silver screen. That's, that's insane to me. That yeah. this guy just made that. And it wasn't just the Googles. He had to also make his own version of the lens. So he that's has nuts. created his own lenses and his own eye uh, accoutrement for you to see 3D that formerly you would not be able to see 3D. Um, so... Uh, Does it work? Does it look good? I think it looks great. I mean, here's I will say this. If you are, from what I understand, if you are someone who has, how should I put this, weak eyeballs, uh, it can be tiresome. Okay. Your eyes are doing work to make the 3D happen. So uh, when I went, and saw something with one Mr. Evan Villella, he said it, it tired him out. He got a little bit of a headache. Of course him. he did. Of course Evan, of course Evan Villella got fucking tired. <laughs> The point being is that I still think it looks good, and it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You're never going to see that movie in 3D ever. And I mean, Flesh, uh, Blood for Dracula is out. They don't even... That's like one criterion, but that's out of print, isn't it? Yeah, it's but that one's not in 3D. But, oh, okay. uh, but uh, yeah, they're both very hard-to-see movies. They're not widely available. Um, and I think they're really interesting. I mean, what's great about, for me, for Flesh for Frankenstein is it feels very... 
of a certain world in that it has kind of a campy art film, you know, goofing around thing to it. Okay. But then it's unbelievably gory. Just, and in 3D. So it's like, oh, I'm doing this surgery. Here are the lungs. And then I'm doing, this is, I'm I'm doing space work. And you can't do space work on a podcast. (laughs) It's an audio medium. All the gory bits, they make sure come out of the screen at you, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And, And Udo cares great. And, of course, the film has all kinds of interesting i mean the you know there are two peasant characters one of which has a new york accent no reason you know what? everyone else they're they're definitely in europe everyone else is barely speaking english they can't get the words out of their mouths and this guy's like yeah the thing about frankenstein is blah 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 <laughs> so it's great and him and his friend he's he is a young uh vigorous horny young man and he has a friend who's very sad Mm-hmm. And his friend wants to join the monks. And he says, why don't you come with me to see the prostitutes before you join the monks? And his friend's like, I don't know. I'm not really into that. And he just looks at his friend very longingly. And then they wink at each other and fucking like dancing in the street starts playing. No, they never say what's really going on. But you can kind of guess like, oh, he, there is someone in the room he wants to be intimate with. Mm-hmm. But it's not the ladies. And um, Frankenstein has decided, of course, Frankenstein is not just a mad scientist. He's basically a Nazi. And he wants to create a super race of zombies, and so he needs the head of a truly horny young man. So that's why Evan. That's why Evan was there because he felt this was like a... he wasn't there. This was another event. Oh Evan. god damn Evan it! There. No, you're bad at this. It's fine. Um, and so yeah. uh, the the point is is that he needs the head of a man who is very into that sort of thing. Which, by the way, he himself is not into it at all. He thinks it's disgusting. So he finds this guy because the two undead people he's making need to have children and that's the point he will have an undead army who is loyal to him uh but of course he there's some confusion at the bordello and he chooses the young man who clearly is not into this sort of thing Mm. and then hijinks ensue i say hijinks it's actually kind of dark and but it's just such a funny thing because it's literally a disturbing horror movie whose central premise is just a mistaken identity like Look at that guy. He's with two ladies. He must be so viral. Viral? Viral. viral. <laughs> nope. He's, he's not. He's a sad boy. Very mm. sad. B-O-I. <laughs> and, uh, and it's really great. It's Udo Kier is chewing this. Like, There's a moment where he's trying to get them to love each other, and he just keeps screaming at the female um, you know, monster, zombie, whatever. He just keeps saying, kiss him. Just screaming. Udo Kier plays Dr. Frankenstein? Uh, in this movie, he's Baron Frankenstein, but yes. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Oh, he is insane. He's also, oh, by the way, married to his sister. But it's okay because he doesn't <laughs> love her. It's just for so they can have pure children. It would be gross if they loved each other, the movie suggests. But, yeah. But he doesn't. He, they just needed to have pure children. Gotcha. Oh, that's a logical explanation. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm okay yeah. with it. It's crazy. It's a crazy film, and it's a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed it. Good. Um, otherwise, that's about it. I will say this, and I've said this before. But I'm continuing to enjoy Castle Rock. I'm going to talk about that then. I'm so on board. Fuck it, we can talk about it now. John, are you watching it? If you spoil for me, this will be the last podcast you ever. I haven't even started. I'm getting getting Hulu. I'm getting Hulu and I'm going to binge it. I don't have Hulu. I don't have Hulu. And I borrowed it from a friend of mine to watch the 112263. And I thought that was great. But I was like, man, Castle, I want to spend money for like this membership, blah, 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 blah. 
And everyone's like, dude, Here, if you're a card-carrying member of the Church of Stephen King, which I am, yes. you have to watch the show. So here's, here's all I'll say about Give it. me a week and I'll be caught up. Someone had asked me uh, over Facebook, they're like, would you recommend watching? I was like, absolutely. They're like, well, I haven't, read Needful, I haven't read Needful Things. Can I just watch the movie? And I was like, if you want the mythos of Stephen King that this show adheres to, it doesn't adhere to any cinematic mythos. It's all... Well, I thought, not to have anything spoiled, I thought that it's kind of understood, especially if you're a Stephen King fan, that Skarsgård's character is the guy from Needful Things, like a young version or a a reincarnated version. No, I think that's an assumption. I don't think they've made any of that clear. They haven't haven't made... I mean, that's what I would say. I I could... I'm on episode... What's the most... What are we up to on the series? Five. Five. Six comes out tomorrow. I think even with... Episode five, I think I've I think I've watched episode five. Even with that, while I could ruin things that happen for you, I couldn't ruin yet for you the meta of the show because mm. I still don't know what's happening. Yeah, like I I yeah. know every what, sometimes people say I, I don't know what's happening. What they mean is I'm confused by events. That's not what I mean. What I mean is I can tell you everything that's happened, but what it all means in a larger sense. What yeah. is the larger so story we're telling? The, I don't know. It's the Westworld of horror. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. It's not as confusing. Westworld, there are definitely moments where you're like, which timeline are we in? I don't know what's going on right what now. What is even a timeline? Yeah, exactly. Well, like- exactly. No, it's not that. It's that um, It's that I don't know what the show is about yet in the sense of like, um, okay, so like take Scarscar's character. I know a number of things about that character. Uh, I know a number of things about that character, but do I know enough yet that I could like tell you who he is or what he's going to do? No, is is he even a bad guy? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no idea. So I think that's part of what makes it interesting. All I'll say is this: there was a lot of people complaining about a certain plot hole that this show has in relation to Needful Things. Yeah, that they fucking address, and I was like, that was good. That was really good. All right. Well, like I said, give me a week. I'll be yeah, caught up. I don't think it's Leland. That's the name, Leland Gaunt. I don't think it's Leland yeah, Gaunt. Anything else are related, Liam? That's it. I like that show. I'm Great good. show, jo- uh, John. You you do anything horror related recently? Yeah, I watched the Meg. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I saw the Meg too. So let's talk about the Meg. Well, I mean, there is, I do have a podcast that I am unfortunately late on, but it'll be it should beat this. Um, it definitely should beat this because yeah. it's, it's it's pretty much ready to go. Yeah, but. I am a big supporter of fun, stupid movies. Yes. We have some, some followers of this podcast and site and whatnot that call me dumb for defending it. I'm sorry that they're lame and they have no fun. <laughs> However, I expected the Meg to be at the level. The bar was set by Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea is a, is a stupid movie that I have a lot of fun with. Um, Liam, stop putting that near your thing. Sorry. <laughs> um, I just thought the Meg was dumb. There was a lot of awkward scenes, particularly the scene with Statham without her clothes on. Basically, they were so like weird. They were like it was really like there were scenes like that where you could see the actors being like, "Okay, I, all right, let's film the scene, I guess." And it was real like, uh. Okay, like just the way that they delivered everything was like awkward. I think the, you know, the best actor in the whole movie was the little girl. I actually, when it was happening, when Rain Wilson gives his speech about like 
we were supposed this was supposed to be a time of celebration, but we're mourning our friends. And yeah. there's like a, when when he was given like really like phoning it in, and I was like, that's what acting is. Yeah, because <laughs> everyone else is like, Jason Statham is like. Send this bitch back to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, and then like Ruby Rose like rolls her eyes, and yeah. then like the token black guy's like, "Oh hell no!" Yeah, that's the scene in the movie right there. Yeah, pretty much. And the ending. Can I can I spoil it? Do you care, Liam? I don't care. We spoil things on this podcast. Yeah. The, we'll just let you know. It's, there's a spoiler. spoiler alert. We're gonna yeah. spoil the Meg. I'm gonna spoil the end right now. Do it. The fact that he climbs like on the first, he cuts it in like almost in half with his boat. Mm-hmm. It was dumb. But the fact that he like grabs its gills and like rides it out of the ocean and stabs it in the eye in like one motion and he and Jason Statham, Mr. Transporter himself, kills a f- hundred and fifty foot shark by himself. I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I don't need to like I don't even remember what happens after that. The other sharks show up. The other sharks show up, like and they're like like eight hundred. Like There's that, never and that like, many sharks. He's like, looks he doesn't say this, but he might as well have been like you're a little late, boys. Yeah. Didn't <laughs> looks like meat's back on the menu. Yeah, uh, uh. <laughs> it it. I just don't understand. For me, how you make a movie like that actually have tension or no? Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what what I didn't like about this movie right now. And John, you can you can you'll get this. The biggest problem I had with that movie, I didn't hate it. I don't. I I walk. I I don't think. I was laughing at the movie. I was not laughing with the movie, and yeah. I refuse to. I, I keep seeing these 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 um, people talking about this movie about how it was like winking and nodding with the audience, and it way wasn't. Yeah, I no. mean, like you said, it was very clearly at times that the actors were just like going through the motions. It was a it was an uncomfortable film to watch, and not in yeah. the way that like Trash Fire is uncomfortable, but it was like they're not having fun making this. This movie's not a fun movie for. I mean, it was fun for me to watch it because I'm fucking laughing at how fucking dumb it is. Yeah. But the thing that got to me that I couldn't forgive was this movie was only 90 minutes long. And are you with me in saying that movie felt like it was at least like two and a half hours? Yeah, it, was, it felt very and, long. And here's why. Because they set something up in the beginning. Actually, I think it. I think it's longer than 90 minutes. No, we looked. Oh, Because at the end, we were like, how long was that movie? And we're like, it was, it's, it's like 93 minutes. Oh. Um, they set something up in the beginning where Jason Statham is like a, like a submarine rescue person. And he has to leave behind two people to save... Like twenty people, yeah. and he's like, they're like, we gotta get out of here now. This, the, you gotta blow the hatch. And he's like, I don't leave my men behind. They're like, you gotta get out of here. So he's fucking haunted by it. And then, fifteen minutes later in the movie, he's back down in the bottom of the ocean, and he's in the same exact position where he's like docked with another sub, and he's getting these people out, and they're like, you have to get out of here right now. Or you're gonna lose both subs. And then they leave fucking What's-His-Face behind in a death that was completely unearned. Toshi, whatever his name yeah, was. Yeah. Completely unearned. That should have been the end of the movie. That felt like the ending of a movie because it had come full circle. So then I think my fucking brain was tricked in the thing that was the end of the movie. So everything else after that was like a long-running post credit stinger. <laughs> and then like 30 minutes after that when they kill the shark and then the other shark attacks. Like when they kill the shark and they got it up and they're like, not so bad now, are you? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, cool, it's the end of the movie. And then a fucking bigger shark shows up. I like that you keep doing this ridiculous Australian, Australian yeah. accent. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. <laughs> but no, like, I feel like this movie, like, this movie, like, deprogrammed my brain and and tricked me into feeling this movie was, like, way longer. It was yeah. so fucking long. And, so, like, I f- so I found out 
in my research, well, I didn't find out. My one podcast guest found out that this movie was picked up by Disney in like 1998. The book came out in 1998. I am a huge fan of Steve Alton. So, yeah, so they, so Disney picked it up. Then Deep Blue Sea came out and they were like, well, we can't do it now. Yeah. And they sat on it. And then some Chinese investor really, really – I think it was Chinese – wanted to invest in it. So most of the money – I I could be completely wrong on this, but I believe from what I read, most of the money came from a Chinese investor. If you look at the credits, there was like something pictures and it had like the Chinese characters underneath of it. I think they like funded this. They might have actually – and now that I'm like thinking about like some of the – like the really awful dialogue could have been poorly translated. Like a Chinese writer wrote it It and then it got – It was so bad. It was like – there were so many scenes where, like, the sh- the weird shit with Jason Statham and that that Chinese lady, yeah, and how, and they never even had their payoff scene. They don't. And they he's were like, like, "Oh, we're gonna go to dinner." Like, cool. And her daughter's like, "Are you gonna go to dinner with my mom?" Wink. Are you gonna fuck my mom? And he's like, "I'll show your mom a good time." Yeah. And it's like it was just it, the whole movie was just like there was all this like weird, like again, I cannot stress how little any of the fucking deaths in this movie mattered, like. No one dying had any, and that, that's why I don't think it was. Rain like, Wilson was probably the only one that you're like, okay, that's satisfying. Yeah, but even that, I'm like, yeah. I didn't give a fuck because yeah. like it was just they they were alluding to him being like a bad dude, and I'm like, what was he really doing that was all that bad? You know what I mean? Like he was trying to kill the shark. Like I I, I this I, I just do you, you want to get off this because this movie I, sucks? Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> it's funny though because you came in being like. I didn't have a bad time. And I didn't. As no, I'm saying. Like, but as you're talking about it, you're getting so worked up. I know because like again, like, laughing at a movie is, is – like I know the people I went with, like me and Chris Reject had a, had a good time. I don't know if Alexis liked it. I think she did. John Hazley, celebrated Edgeman, hated this movie. Sure. I won't use his description of how he described this movie because uh, I'm not comfortable saying what he said. Yeah, that's good. But uh, he fucking hated this movie. And – it's just like the only good thing, the only like really good thing that like that stood out that I really really liked was a little dog at the end. How dog was swimming? I, I thought that was cool. I liked how Pippin survived. Yeah, but everything else, like you know, it's it's like they they did all this shit to be like to be as scientifically accurate as possible, and they're like, you know, there's like uh, a mile below the Marianas Trench that we didn't know about. That's where the shark lives. I'm like, okay, I'm on board with that hidden ecosystem. Sign me up. That's cool. But I'm watching it. And I'm like. They're like, just, I, I don't want to, I'm done. You know what? Yeah. I didn't like this movie. Fuck this movie. I just realized that Liam showed me the truth. I don't want to talk about the Meg anymore. All right. It's easier when you are at some, I, I think this happens a lot, actually. The theatrical experience is actually a lot of fun. And so sometimes when you're at something with friends, you can be like, I don't know, this is good. T- I had a good time. Yep. Yeah. But if you try to explain to someone later, you're like, oh, well, and then yep. this, this happened. I, and, oh, I find myself, so because the mandate is your immediate Hey, we just walked out of the theater five minutes like later we're recording. Yeah. I go back and listen to some of my episodes and I'm like, oh my God, I justified that movie. Like The Dark Tower. Like I I if you listen to that podcast, my buddy Matt and I kind of justify that movie. We're like, yeah, well it did, did, did. and then like yeah. I went back and watched that movie. I'm like, no, this movie is crap. There is nothing re- I, like Idris Elba plays a good role and rest of the movie stinks. I tried to watch it partly because of your positive review. Yeah, it it's not positive. On, on the thing, but, and I like in retrospect, to... I want to go back. Like I want to call that the episode we shall not name. <laughs> <laughs> but speak, speaking of the mandate, like this movie was not like Rampage. 
Like we had a blast seeing Rampage, yeah. and now like I'm, I, wanted take, I, I wanted to tear my shirt off. At I Rampage. know. Like I, I think back <laughs> on Rampage, I'm like that movie was fun to watch. That was a fun experience, and I would probably watch that now. The, the Meg, like that movie, didn't feel like too long. No. When it was over, I was like, oh, that was satisfying. <laughs> like it was stupid, but it was like so that, stupid. But it was like <laughs> it, it, it knew what it was, and it did. Like I, I really feel like the Meg didn't know what it was, and I really yeah. feel like they were trying to market it as like get it, but it was like. No. I think they tried to do that afterwards. That's what I'm saying, is they made this movie completely not tongue-in-cheek, and then they saw it, and someone went, oh, fuck, we made this. <laughs> uh, we better market it as, like, a goofy, silly movie with, like, a stupid tagline, because, like, I don't know. Like, yeah. there's no winking and nodding in that movie. It's completely fucking... It's not tongue-in-cheek at all. Like, Rain Wilson actually said in an interview on, like, Good Morning America that he was like, we set out to make the next best movie to Jaws. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's way better shark movies. Don't get me wrong. Jaws is on a level all of its own completely. There's never going to be another Jaws. And I, but, but, but this movie doesn't even like come remotely close. Like, it's not on Sharknado or like Shark to Puss Bad. I'm also. But it could have been on sci fi and I would have been like, okay. Yeah. I, I'm also just unconvinced by the premise, which I think is partly why I didn't want to see it. And that if there is a shark that big. Right. No movie is going to show what that is actually, which is either that shark doesn't care about us because we're not actually a significant food source. Yeah, yeah. Or there's enough of us in one place that the shark's, oh, I can eat all those. That's what I'm saying. Once. If this movie had been rated R and had the stuff to do what needed to be done, there would to be, be a scene where there's the beach and all the people and just this shark fucking open mouth, basking shark style, right through a beach, just. Chewing down people. I mean, it would literally have to eat in that scene that's in the trailer. It would have to eat all those people to be like, hmm, I ate something. Like, if if that shark eats a person, it's like a gnat flew into my mouth. Like, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that's gross. How did I do that? What is that? Well, that's the thing is they kind of sort of address that. They're like, oh, if, if you're just in the water, it's going to ignore you. But if you're like thrashing around like, a sh- like sharks are attracted to. But again, it goes after the fucking dog. The little Pomeranian who just like swimming and the, the, just, yeah. the thing the, the, that's like a football field long is like oh I better I better swim a quarter mile that way to 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 lose no, calories no, yeah that's no. that's everything about that how, how, like I'm not, how, this is an interest I don't understand yeah. how, the, the, whatever yeah everything after the Meg sh- like how they find it and how it like comes to be is interesting they don't like pull it off because it's all bad acting and yeah. shot bad but like. The idea of you said the hidden ecosystem and, and whatnot, and and bring and causing a um, thermonuclear like like or uh, like pocket to open up in the and that's how it escapes up into like yeah. the normal ocean yeah. is is a cool idea, but then everything after that. Is- I didn't like it because in the book it opens up and it shows the the Meg eating a T Rex and they didn't show the Meg eating a T Rex in the movie, so I give it two thumbs down. All right, let's get off the Meg. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have? Did you watch anything else? Already? No. The only other movie, like seriously, because I've been so busy in the last two weeks of pretty much doing nothing. The only other movie I watched, ready for this one? Remember that movie, Cop and a Half? Yeah. Burt Reynolds. I sat for whatever reason. I couldn't lean forward and grab my remote and turn it off, and I watched Cop and a Half Jesus again. Christ. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's it's it's hard. Watch that. That's fine. No. Watch it. Watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fine. I uh, I I haven't 
sat and watched just a random movie in a long time so i kind of feel like i was so lazy i was just like man that remote is too far it was literally like six inches out of my reach yeah. and i just didn't feel like grabbing it so i sat and watched cop and a half justin uh, what have you watched i watched um aside from castle rock which i don't really want to for john's sake i don't want to spoil it because you yeah. know yeah it's great watch it it's amazing um it's it's worth every bit of hype you've heard about it and then some bill skarsgård is fucking terrifying I watched a couple movies. I watched um, a little movie called The Wildling. Right. Uh, very good. Yeah, I hear good things. Uh, if you like Brad Dorif being simultaneously weird and creepy and compassionate and fatherly, you'll like this movie. Um, Liv Tyler's in it. She's great. Uh, I forget the the name of the main actor who plays the, 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 the titular Wildling, but uh, it was cool. Like it keep I, I keep seeing it being marketed as like a werewolf movie. Werewolf movie, werewolf, werewolf. There's werewolves in the Wildling, but it's um, I don't. They never really actually explain what these things are, which is I'm okay with. I kind of prefer that in some. Yeah, it's it's totally like if they're just like if they're just this weird feral like um, you know like saber toothy things from the X Men. uh, I'm cool with that. Or maybe they're wolfen. Wolfen, they could be. Yeah, and then I watch a little movie called Pie Wacket. Yeah, I saw you talking about this. I, I wanted to try to get it in before so we could talk about it, and I just didn't have time. It, very appropriately for what we're going to be talking about shortly, because this movie, when someone says, like, evil dead, like, when like, you know how, like, Sam Raimi has, like, a very distinct visual style? Yep. Yep. Like, you can watch, like, Spider-Man, like, that's totally a Sam Raimi movie, because it looks, it shot the same like Evil Dead is. This movie was one of the few movies I've seen that have, like, tried to sort of pay homage to evil dead that have actually succeeded in doing so in, in a meaningful way do you remember that movie um wither that came out a few years ago i wasn't a big fan but, but do you remember, remember how people that, were yeah, like yeah, this yeah. is the remake of evil dead we yeah, really yeah, deserved yeah, yeah uh this movie looked like a sam raimi film it had a lot of the same creepy woody settings um a lot of the weird POV shots. There's that thing that Raimi does when it's like an intense scene and it's like the camera's like shaking as it goes, like switches from like, you know, focus to focus. Uh, It also had one of the most fucked up endings I've ever seen. And I don't mean fucked up as in like, man, that was so like twisted. Like, did you see how like twisted it was? Like, oh my God, it was, it was just twisted. I mean, it was an ending that I didn't see coming until literally as it was unfolding. And I was like, fuck, they broadcast that right in the beginning of the movie and I completely missed it and holy shit here it is so uh, I, love, I love when they do that it's so good man it's hide, hide, hiding the obvious in plain sight it's is so awesome. good like I, I should have I, like I, at the end I was like I should have seen that coming but I didn't it's fucking great um yeah Pie Wacket it's a great movie you should check it out Pie Wacket Pie Wacket it's now on the list I remember when it came out and I was like oh that sounds cool and I just just haven't had a chance yeah Pie whack it. Oh, also, uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at the Test Pattern Podcast, Jacob and Tab. Uh, I'd said we I wanted to give a, a shout out to a different podcast every episode, and I didn't last episode, so this is one. They just put a new episode today on the Void and Trash Fire. That's why I mentioned Trash Fire before because it was in my mind. You should go check them out. Test Patterns Podcast. Uh, Jacob sent us a little piece he wrote on it, the 2017 version. Um, they, I would call them friends of the podcast. They do great stuff over there, so you should go check that out. 
So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Sam Raimi's masterpiece of horror cinema. Game changer. I'll call it a fucking game changer. I'll do it. Cinematic game changer, so, Sam Raimi. So, so bold of you. So bold of you so not to turn the me. sound off on your phone. <laughs> so such hot take. Hot takes with Justin Lore. Sam Raimi <laughs> changed horror. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we'll take a quick break. and we get back, we're going to talk about 1981's The Evil Dead. Hey, Scotty, what's this place like anyway? Well, the guy that's renting it says it's an old place. A little run down, but it's right up in the mountains. Nacheron de Manto, roughly translated, Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. It deals with demons, demon resurrection, and those forces which roam the forest and dark bowers of man's domain. You. Did something in the woods do this to you? No, it was the woods themselves. <laughs> They're alive, Ashley. The dream. Spades. Two spades. Jack of diamonds. Jack of clubs. So wait, are we are we gonna dissect every movie? Or are we gonna do like a general uh, rest in peace, Ash Williams? <laughs> I mean, we could probably do like a, a general thing, just kicking it off with like Evil Dead. Um, I, I would say the first three we could lump together. I want to touch upon the remake quick, and then just touch upon and God, make time for La Casa. We t- <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. I mean, we can mention it. Yeah, we'll just, yeah, yeah. We'll just I'll mention that we've already covered Ghost House. We have. And I think beyond. Have you guys done the house series? No. Have you guys ever talked no, about that? We should do house one and two. That's what I've been saying. It's, put it in the Google Doc. Put it at the top now because John Rent said so. <laughs> are we recording? Uh, you don't donate to the Patreon. so Oh, and we are recording. Oh, perfect. I, I donate my time <laughs> to see <laughs> shitty movies like The Meg. <laughs> so, you should leave all that in, by the way. <laughs> so, uh,. We're not going to be dissecting these films separately. 
We're going to be approaching them as a phenomenon, a singular phenomenon, not as phenomena, which is the plural of phenomenon. It all started October 15th, 1981. Sam Raimi, who you may have heard of, directed a little film called The Quick and the Dead. A little film called um, Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3. And a little movie called Drag Me to Hell. And a few other things. Uh, this was released on October 15th, 1981. The budget was 350000 And it grossed... This is fucking insane. In 1980, 1981. $29.4 million. That's actually crazy. I never knew it was That's that high. That's fucking nuts. Um, it's because it's, it's the greatest movie ever. So, See, here's the thing. <laughs> I would say that this... It's like movies like... like the Evil Dead is not my favorite movie ever like i lo- i would say it's in my top 10 but I'm i would sorry, say wrong, like but okay it's fine i would say <laughs> that i would say that like the e- evil dead is one of those movies like one of those horror films like texas chainsaw massacre the exorcist jaws or halloween halloween that when people say like if you say like what's the greatest horror film of all time you can name any one of those and i'd be like okay that's fine i think to be unbiased because to me it's it's my favorite film ever yeah 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 and so i'll have a little bias towards it but I at least think that the f- the first Evil Dead is a must. Like Absolutely. If you're, you're going to sit down and watch the classics, like sure, yeah, you, you will put like something like uh, Psycho, um, Halloween, stuff like that. Even The Exorcist, maybe ahead of it in terms of bigger picture type stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm a lunatic that loves the Evil Dead enough to have half my arm tattooed of it. Um, but I think for anyone to be like, oh, that movie stinks. Like, okay, you don't like you don't like horror then. Yeah, th- this movie was th- – this was literally the first movie when I was like 13 or 14 years old. My dad would let me watch whatever I wanted to. Like you can watch Carnosaur. You can watch Project Metal Beast. You can watch The Blob. And then I <laughs> – Carnosaur and Project Metal Beast. I, I, a few other things. I, don't know, I had a weird childhood. But I remember, I remember bringing home the Evil Dead VHS. My mom and I had been to Kmart. And I had brought home Evil Dead on VHS. And I was like, hey, dad, we're going to watch this. And that was the first time my father was like – I don't know. I don't know if you should be watching that. Like, that was the movie where he was like, I'm going to draw a line as a father. And I was like, okay, well, now I have to watch it. Like, now I have to see what this movie's about. And I don't know. There's nothing like it. There is nothing like the first Evil Dead. Because people always say, like, you know, they always lump it in as like sort of like a horror comedy. And it's a like goofy because I think they're thinking about, like, Evil Dead the musical and Evil Dead 2. But, like, the first Evil Dead movie is... It terrified audiences. It still's ter- It's still t- yeah. when what's her face, um, Betsy Baker is in the hallway and her fucking eyes are rolled back and her face is all painted up and she's fucking nah, you know, don't go to sleep. No, no, no. I met that woman and was nervous around her because that's oh, man, like she's such a sweetheart. She though. is. She's so yeah. But so let's start with. I want to start with like how we encountered these. Like like John, I know of the three of us, you're the biggest. Evil Dead fan. Like, what so, is your story? Like, how did that happen? So, to you? my introduction. How did this happen to you? <laughs> yeah. So, my introduction was actually Evil Dead 2 because, as you said, like, there were certain movies that my parents didn't. My mom used to use me as the shield when she watched horror movies, but there were certain movies that were forbidden. Um, the first two Nightmare on Elm Streets I wasn't allowed to watch. I was a lot. I, I knew Dream Warriors, like, by heart by the yeah. time I was, like, six. Dream Warriors. Yeah. Um, I wasn't allowed to watch. Uh, the Friday 13th movies, Friday 13th movies, because they were serious. Um, 
so I, I more or less was allowed to watch like the splat stick stuff. Yeah. And I don't even know. I, I feel like I watched the evil dead two with my mom. The first time she watched the evil dead two, like knowing what the evil dead was. Um, but when I watched that, like as a kid, like, yeah, I was scared because it does have its scary moments. But I also like laughed hysterically yes. yeah. when like when he's like dancing with the the lamp, like that's still one of the funniest things I've ever it's seen. It's great. Like that whole bit is awesome. And so I watched that first, and then I guess after I watched it, I saw in the in the like West Coast video or whatever that there was an Evil Dead one. I didn't even know that there was. I just thought what I watched was the Evil Dead, and I watched the Evil Dead one. And I remember the first time I ever saw the Evil Dead one, like I was enthralled. I was like, "Oh my god, this is like the scary version of the other sure, of the yeah. other movie." Because I didn't really know like anything about the history of the Evil Dead when I was you know ten years old. I just knew I was like, "Oh, it looks like the other movie, almost exactly the other movie, but this one's scary." And I that was it. There was something about the idea, and I, I was old enough to recognize if I had to go to a cabin, if I went camping with my friends. And all of a sudden they turned into these like things and I had to chop them up with an axe. Like the idea of that as a 10, like a 10, 11, whatever it was when I saw, when I finally saw the evil dead was the scariest thing. Like Freddy Krueger didn't believe it. You know, Oh, he's no, nothing's killing right. me in my dreams. He scared me when I watched the movies. Wasn't worried about it. Wasn't worried about a psycho with a hockey mask, but there was something about that. I related to, to these teenagers in the evil dead that, I kept I it, it terrified me. Not on like the level of The Exorcist. The Exorcist was one of those movies where I ran up the stairs so fast that I didn't touch the ground after I saw it. Yeah. But The Evil Dead was like I couldn't turn away when I was I, I was like I was horrified by it and I couldn't but I couldn't stop watching it and then I just wanted to watch it over and over and over and over and over and over again. And now it's it's like an obsession. Like people tag me and like Far, they're like, oh, look at this like foreign Evil Dead poster that they just made. Like, would you like it? I'm like, dude, I can't keep spending money on. It. I have dolls, I have Funko Pops, I have posters, I have tattoos. I've sat in line for hours to meet Bruce Campbell so that he could be rude to me. Like, <laughs> like, 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 I like I've done. So it is a, an obsession now. But the Evil Dead, there's something about it. Maybe it was right place, right time. Maybe if I saw it later, if I saw it earlier, it wouldn't have hit me as it did. But it was that movie. And I and I want to say that it's that movie that made me love horror as much as I do because it sure. had such a it re, the idea of having to kill my friends yeah because we read a book and not knowing what it was for some reason that's what and that's why you don't read now yeah that's why I don't read <laughs> I'm completely illiterate you're like fuck about this yeah he's like not yo fuck to, a book I'm gonna bring a kid what is that uh, 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 bonfire of the vanities yeah sounds like Kandarian to me yeah I'm not messing with that. But right. yeah, but then um, I actually for like a while didn't really watch it until when once Army of Dark like Army of Darkness like honestly like I watched Evil Dead the most I probably watch Army of Darkness more than I do Evil Dead Two now sure. only because Army of Darkness is just so fun it's so yeah. it, it that's the movie where they were like all right we're just now yeah. we're now we're now we're with the audience you're gonna laugh with us while we yeah. make this movie even my mom my mom like loved, we watched it on vacation when I was like. 16 or 17 and she's like army of darkness and i was like you'll like it i guarantee i guarantee you're gonna like this movie and that's the first one that's the only yeah it was the first one i saw in the theaters it was the only one of the original three that i saw in the theaters i remember seeing in comic the back of comic books like the the, the yep. trapped in time low on gas surrounded by evil like Man. fuck yeah like i i also saw it in theaters and i it was because other people wanted to go see it and i did not realize it was an evil dead movie <laughs> mm. 
I mean, I'll get into my history with it, but I, I was like, what is this? We're going to see some fucking fantasy? Like, okay. And then it started. And I was like, oh, that's Bruce Campbell. Wait a minute. Oh, this is, this is Evil Dead. What's going on? I just d- yeah. didn't. It never clicked for me that Army of Darkness was related to Evil Dead. That's I, just, so, no, that's... I, I didn't. I think because I what was I like? Was that 92, 93? So I was like 11 t- when I came out. And I told like, I remember telling my mom, I'm like, oh, it's that guy from that movie. I want to go see it. Yeah. And I didn't because the whole trailer is him like, back, like fighting skeletons. So I didn't really know. I, I didn't know that it was. I didn't even know. I think then that it was an Evil Dead movie until they show the the lead up. They do like yeah. the, they do like the uh, yeah. they do the, the the three minute recap, and then all of a sudden he's back in time. Like yeah, I just didn't. I just didn't think they were related. I just thought. I actually thought when I was a uh, when I was a kid. Justin's over here dying. Justin's dying. So I was going to ask him about his history with Evil Dead. But you should I'll make go, him talk now. I'll go first. It took me till high school to understand the relationship between these movies, because what had happened was um, I saw much like you. I saw Evil Dead Two first. Mm-hmm. I saw it very young, and it scared me, and it really disturbed me in a way because it was funny, like the way that it was funny. Yeah. But it also made it appealing like and it kind of was the first place where all the other films i had seen that were horror movies up to that point right um there's aspects to the violence that could be funny right Mm -hmm. i never made that connection as a kid i just was like so when all that blood came out of the the violence is real and it's not funny and it was only with evil dead 2 that all of a sudden i saw how thin the line is between funny and insane yeah and as a kid i was like Oh, this movie is both things. <laughs> this movie is legitimately funny and messed up at the same time. So, a few years later, when I saw there was an Evil Dead, I thought, "Oh, there's a first movie. That's weird. Okay, I'll get that." And I got it. And I started watching it, and as we all know, it's the same movie in many ways. And while that clicked for me later, at the time I thought something has gone wrong what this is this is what i don't understand i already jokes i already saw him go to the cat what's happening and then it is such a tonal shift it's so upsetting and i as a kid i think i found evil dead when i was 11 i had seen uh evil dead 2 when i was like young 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 the part where she stabs i don't know if she she stabs the the, she She stabs stabs the other girl with a pencil in the, in the Achilles heel. Oh my! When yeah, when Cheryl, I turned it. I turned it off. Oh. I turned it. I literally, as a kid, was like, "Nope, no, I'm done." I just turned it off, and I was like, "Okay." And in my head, as a kid, I was like, "Okay, so there's a good one, and there's a bad one, <laughs> and they're the same movie, but one of them is good, and one of them is bad." And I'll just remember that. And later on, I would return to Evil Dead Two. Oh, Evil Dead Two, so much fun! Yeah, let's put that on. Evil Dead Two, sure, sure, sure. And then, uh, so I think, yeah, Armored Darkness in 93, is that right? Yeah, 90, 90, well, it premiered in 92, but it was released in the U.S. in February 93. Yeah, so I was 14, and my memories were like, there are two movies with the same guy that are related in name only. But other than that, there's no relationship. And then Armored Darkness starts, same thing. I'm like, oh, it's another movie with this guy. Mostly unrelated. And I watched it and was like, there's a, there's some more thematic connections and it wasn't until like i think i was 17 where i finally figured out like oh wait a minute these are all part of these are all actually con-. it's like it felt like um 
it felt like some sort of comic book thing where you're reading Batman as a vampire, then Batman as a Victorian knight, and then you know what I mean? Like it, it felt like Ash was just a guy they put in different situations, but these movies weren't actually related to each other. And it wasn't until high school that I realized, like, oh, okay, this is what actually happened. I, it might have even been I think I was reading a Fangoria where they were talking about it, and I, I was like, okay, now I understand what's going on with these movies. But it, again, it wasn't until I think it was a sleepover when I was seventeen, like I was crashing at a friend's house, and he's like. You know, I've never seen Evil Dead. And I was like, fuck. All right, let's do it. Like, let's just make it through. And the whole time I was like, okay, this isn't as bad as I remember. I think I'm okay. But the is it the end with the axe where he, he is it towards the end with the, there's like a, there's a chopping scene that's very gooey. Oh, Scotty has to chop up someone. Yeah. And it's very gooey. Yeah. Uh, the, I almost at that point was and the, like. the demon yeah, is screaming, not, you love her, you love yeah. her. Like, yeah. Oh. There was a point during that where I thought, I might turn this off. And I was like, no, I got to sit it out. I got to sit it out. And I think that was when I was like, okay, I actually love all these movies. But for a long time, I was like, Evil Dead 2 and Army Darkness are great. Evil Dead, I don't know. And don't know like you that said, that, that stabbing scene, that's that's probably the most jarring scene in the whole movie, I think. Well, the the tree rape scene is obviously, yes. is, is obviously you know, it, it's it's like... I, I accept it now because I've seen the movie a bazillion times, but yeah. I'm like, ah, 1981, that was probably a bit unnecessary. But it's also the same time that movies like uh, The Hills Have Eyes came out and they like killed right. babies. So right. um, You could make a strong argument that it was the second tree rape scene that was really the unnecessary one. The second one? Yeah, the there's another tree attack in Evil Dead 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one was. Well, you know what I mean? Like... But oh, when when Bobby Joe Yeah, but she just kind of like hits it and explodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's definitely shots. I it, they're similar enough yeah. that it was kind of weird that they were like well, you know, let's just get rid of most of all of the first but I just think the tree scene really worked, guys. Like yeah. it is one of the weird things to have repeated. And one of my favorite jokes from uh Evil Dead Two the musical. Oh yeah, yeah. Where they're like, it just seems superfluous to do that again. Yeah, and I was like, all right, I, that's a good joke. I like that. But the 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 the, the pencil scene is the most jarring scene, especially because Cheryl sits up. She's got like her arm like raised, like in this like unnatural position. Mm-hmm. She's got this like goofy like grin on, and then she just like in this swing. Like it's so violent. It's so does. violent, and it's un. Cause you, it, 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 it's it. She doesn't. She doesn't move the way none of the people who are possessed move the way people would move. Yeah, she moves like she's on like puppet strings. It's creepy, yeah. Yeah. Um weirdly, even though I know the first movie is more disturbing, the thing that stuck with me as a kid was actually the second movie when the the shitty boyfriend is floating in the air and his face is like and he starts an open sucking maw, up her hair. Yeah. And he's looks like, like a lamprey. Like, Evil Ed. S- yeah. Something about him particularly screwed me up as a kid. Like the way he moved. I was like, Ooh, fuck. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that I, I specifically wanted to talk about out of all of these movies is the ending of the original Evil Dead. Yes. The claymation sequence. Yes. Okay. Uh, when so I s- Tim Sullivan is a, is a madman. Yeah. It's it, it's it really because those aren't it, it, it's this weird like paradox in the sense that those aren't good special effects, but in how shitty they are, they actually achieve something. I think that's far greater than what Raimi set out to to, to, to produce. Was like that is one of the few things I've watched where it, I feel like I'm watching an actual nightmare. Like there's something so eerie and grotesque about that claymation sequence that. 
it's one of the fucking creepiest things in any movie I've ever seen. Um, and that, that's what I mean when I said there was, there's like nothing like it is much of that comes from that end, that, that end sequence because it's so weirdly like paced out. Like you think it's over and then like the things are like twitching a little bit and it'll cut back to Ash and it'll cut back to the thing twitching a little bit, cut back to Ash, cut back to thing. And then just fucking hands explode out of it. And like, there's just, it plays out like a bad dream. And I think the large part of that is how, how, uh, how, sort of the weird juxtaposition between a movie that's like, you know, not very like uh, post production effects heavy. Like a lot of the gore is just like it's happening right there. There's a lot of prosthetic makeup, a lot of practical effects, and then they do like the claymation at the end, and it's it just kind of comes out of nowhere, and it's. Uh, how do, how, how do how do you guys feel? Did that strike I, you as, as I always felt that it was that these these people have turned into something new, and this demonic thing would essentially melt like a clima- like a claymation. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. They, they were no longer human. Like if 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 that was more practical, where I don't know, they did something maybe similar to like Raiders of the Lost Ark, where he like melts. Yeah, yeah. Um, which ha- is a better effect in that re- regard. Yeah. Um, then it would have stayed with the, the human thing. But I think, I don't know, to have somewhat of a, okay, Ash, you did the right thing, was that they that they were something new now. And the fact that they were cl- – and I also recognize the fact that they had a pretty measly budget. So Tim Sullivan yeah. had, had only so much to work with. So there's part of me that like separates the, uh, the disbelief and thinks that that's how someone would melt and it's, they just couldn't do it like with – the people they couldn't yeah. like create, and and then the other thing was the other idea I've always toyed with was the idea that they've over this time those two uh, deadites particularly started turning into something new, and then when they melted they were that was like actually the demon melting as opposed the to the way the way I always saw it is especially where like the arms burst out of both sides yeah I, it always struck me as like that was the demon using them as like a portal into this you know yeah. from from it was the dark ones you know yeah using using these people they were they they were now like they had ceased being antenna for the demons and they were now like a doorway for the demons yeah and i don't know if that was intentional or not but i remember like being a kid and just thinking that and thinking that was like the scariest thing in the world Mm. for it's one thing it's one thing to have something talk through you and it's another it's another thing for some sort of like spectral entity to use you as a as a doorway and just completely fuck you up in the process yeah how about you liam it was creepy like, I didn't think that far because I only watched it once. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, the, I, I didn't even get to the first time I saw the movie. I didn't even get to that far. It was when I actually, when I finally watched it again um, when I was older, uh, again older, seventeen. I was like, the end reinforced how fucked up. You know what I mean? Like I kind of once I got past the the foot the stab the pencil stab, I thought, eh, yeah, I'm doing okay. Then the gooey axe part, I was like, oh, okay, I'm a, I'm a but then with the claymation at the end, it's like, this is an insane person movie. Like, this is a actual crazy people made this movie. And I think if – I don't know who would be listening to this that hasn't seen these movies. That's a crazy thought. But if there was someone, I really, I really would tell them to like go in order because I think seeing how out of control insane that first one is gives the second one – a weird context almost that's what's gonna be my, my next question was would you guys recommend like if you were to say 
if you were to describe I think someone's taking out the trash. Someone's taking it's it. Fine. Yeah, we're in. We're in. We have background noises. We're, 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 we're in an office right now. It's fine. It's the evil. Yeah, it's, it's the it's the, con, it's the Kandarian demons here for us. <laughs> um, so, would you guys consider Evil Dead Two a sequel or a, a like a remake? Like a because I've read that uh, that Sam Raimi basically made Evil Dead Two once he got more money to make his vision for Evil Dead. He was like, I'm going to do, I'm going to make it proper, quote unquote. Do you th- you well no he, the the if I remember the story correctly because I read the Evil Dead Companion which like really 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 dissects like the first one and most of the second one it kind of like touches on Army of Darkness a little bit but it's mostly about making the first movie when they basically sold their souls to make that to get the budget on that to get and for when, Evil Dead for the yeah, first one okay and when they went to re- when they went to make Evil Dead two Raimi wanted to do a recap m- much like he did in Army of Darkness with the Evil Dead 2 footage, with Evil Dead 1 footage. The original, uh, the original beginning of Evil Dead 2 was supposed to be the ending, like the ending of Evil Dead 1 when he gets the, – the entity runs up on him and yeah, he, yeah. he screams and then it ends. That was supposed to be where Evil Dead 2 was supposed to pick up was the, the thing hits him and he goes flying and then lands in that puddle and comes up as Evil Ash. Was, okay. And so that was supposed to be the bridge. There was supposed to be like a recap. Thing would hit him. He would wake up as Evil Ash, see the little thing come out of it, and then Evil Dead 2 with um, uh, Noby's daughter and all that stuff would essentially start. Okay. That, that was the, that, I, if I recall the story correctly, that's how it was supposed to go. But when he went to start saying, hey, we want to make this movie, can I have permission? Everyone wanted their hands because it made the original made so much money. Yeah, yeah. They were like, Oh well, you can have our, you know, like four percent if you let us get stake in in this movie. And Raimi's like, no, I don't need you now. I just need permission to use the footage. And I, th- mm. I believe I believe Raimi owns it all now, and that's why he was able to use it in Nash versus Evil Dead. Gotcha. Yeah, because it's 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 very it's 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 one of those things I've always ha- kind of had a problem with was explaining to a quote unquote civilian like evil. I mean, even though this. is fucking deep cut at all everyone knows what fucking evil dead is but it's just one of those things I've, I've i've always not struggled with because i'm not like laying in bed anguishing over how to describe evil dead too but yeah you know is it a sequel proper or is it more like a it's almost sort- like an all i would say it's like an alternate timeline yeah it, it's a sequel it's definitely a sequel because it takes yeah. he's, he's already there he's already had to kill a loved one just they did it faster in evil dead too it was just one yeah, instead, yeah, yeah. Instead of like all of his friends, he just had to kill his girlfriend. I mean, I, I think in the, in a way, it doesn't matter that much, or or at least that's the answer I've seen Bruce give. Is like, do you like the movie? Okay, cool. Do you like it as a as a remake? Cool. Then it's a remake. Do you like it as a sequel? Then then it's a sequel. Look, I kill more deadites. That's what happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I I think the thing is is that. In the end, it's hard to justify it totally as a sequel because the recap aspect doesn't work. But who ca- I don't know. It seems to me like people who actually like the movies don't no, work. They don't give I, a fuck. No. When I was a kid, I didn't understand. I, but I just was like, I guess they just made the same movie twice. And it's not like that's never happened. I mean, you guys ever seen Ju-On? Yeah. You mean The Grudge? So there's Ju-On, The Curse. And okay. then there's Ju-On, The Grudge. Oh. Basically, a dude made a movie on VHS, and it made a fuck ton of money, 
So they gave him money to make the movie again on film. And it was supposed to be a shot-for-shot remake. And then he was like, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) It's the same basic idea, but it's a completely different movie. So you could watch them as sequels, but they have the same name. And then the next movie is Juon 2, and it's nothing like those movies at all, actually. But, uh, But I've always thought of it like it it is supposed to be a sequel but it didn't work out to be a sequel so it's kind of a sequel it's kind of not it doesn't matter i feel like the people who want to push that issue to like it's just a remake as people who are trying to be because there's a lot of people that like i say it's a sequel but i also don't care like enough to to really get but the people i feel that are like that really push the they want to be like, well, it's just, they just made the same movie twice. Is someone being like an edge alert about it? And it, I mean, obviously, after the puddle scene, they're not the same movie. Twice. Not at all. And it's, the puddle scene is fifteen minutes into it. Yeah, the first fifteen minutes are similar, and then the rest of it is its own thing. You know, uh, which to me would be a better way to make a remake anyway. Is if every remake was like, I'm going my own way. Yeah, I mean, I'd be into that. But uh, but I also think if you're so worried about continuity, then this whole world is not going to work for you because the transition from Evil Dead 2 to Army of Darkness is also not that smooth. It's <laughs> not really like it's... And then the idea that we're going to go from the end of Army of Darkness to Ash versus Evil Dead, some crazy shit. It's crazy. Yeah, because they... they- while there's a lot of continuity in Ash vs. Evil Dead, there's definitely like I have you have to think as a fan of the show or of the series, particularly Army of Darkness, to say how much did he change after having to deal with all that shit? Yeah, because like in Evil Dead Two, he's still like he's not he's not the Ash that everyone loves. Everyone loves the smartass idiot yeah. that that and the character that Bruce Campbell says. If I if there's one character I hope I'm not like it's Ash. Like the cat, everyone loves the. Yeah, is he really? He, he kind of is. I mean, he, I wouldn't. Say, he's not as he's not dumb like Ash, but he's he's got that like kind of ego like suave that the later Ash has. Okay, but he's but he's clearly not a moron like Ash is. Like <laughs> a, like, like, like Ash is my favorite character of all time, and he's he's an idiot. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. in the first, but if you notice, like he. He has like this weird progression. In the first one, he's he's a pussy for like the lack of a better term. He doesn't want to do anything. Yeah. Ash is not the hero. Scotty's the hero in the first one. Scotty's the one that does all the heavy lifting. Ash yeah. just happens to be the one that survives. Right. Because his best friends made the movie. But like in the sequel, he gets he gets a little bit of balls. And like at the end, he like he has to. He's like he's like, no one's gonna do it, so I'm gonna do it. So he starts fighting and he has some sense about it. And everyone thinks he's crazy. And then in the third one, he's just this arrogant. He's like, well, he's like, I'm from the future, so you, I'm, I'm smarter than everyone here. But he's still an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, and then when he gets to Ash versus the Evil Dead, he's like, it's almost like he's crazy. Like he went, he's like, I did. He's like, I literally killed my friends. Then I had to go back in time and fight an army of skeletons. And then, <laughs> and I said that on purpose. You love that skeleton army. <laughs> He's like, and then, and then he gets sucked back into his normal time, kind of, like the kind, like because he knows that he screwed up the timeline, and he's even more like arrogant and dumb. Like the Ash, I think in Ash vs Evil Dead is almost he's 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 actually crazy like well, having to do all this stuff like actually turned him into like a mental patient but i think that's what makes the third i i don't let's let me just say up front for those listening 
I really liked season three. Um, that was the most ash, real ash that I think that the uh, that the whatchamacallit, uh that the series got. Yeah, that's what I, f- I felt like he actually had some depth. Like I feel like season one. We're still getting used to the idea of the show and the fact that he's kind of like, whatever, you know, not into this is fine and whatever. Season two, I just don't love it. I just I think that's part of why I didn't jump back into season three. And and the thing part of the thing about it, I don't always love is his his portrayal of Ash in season two. It just feels like they don't know where to go with the character. Well, that's actually that's actually there was a noted like huge debate between um why am I drawing a blank on his name? Robert Taper, the producer, sure. who's produced everything that basically Sam Raimi's touched. Yeah. And the director, like right like the the guy, the showrunner. Yeah. Um he wanted to do something. Tapert's you were like, telling me about this Tapert's when we were texting, yeah, right? Tapert's okay. like, yeah, Tapert's like, nah, I wanted to do it this way. So there was this power struggle, and literally, I think with they shot it in order. I think with like three episodes left. The showrunner was like, I'm done. And he walked away from the show and Robert Tabor basically got full control over those last three episodes. So kind of like had this like didn't know where it was going for like three or four episodes. And then it it has an ending like it the, the story kind of writes itself a little bit and it yeah. finishes. And then there was a different showrunner completely for season three, yeah. which is why season one has its feel. Season two has like a completely different feel. And season three has an, a like, you know. I mean, it's all the same show. The characters are basically the same thing, but there's like there's definitely that different like they idea. All do, it's a little different each time. And yeah, because the second season was was two people that had a lot of authority over the show butting heads, and the hmm. and the showrunner literally left. I think with like three episodes left, and Robert Tabert had to like basically become the showrunner for the end of the season because Sam Raimi was off doing whatever Sam Raimi does. Yeah, <laughs> whatever he's doing. Yeah. I assume he's just driving Ivan around, right? Yeah. So, uh, we had touched upon this. Do you think that Ash vs. Evil Dead had a satisfying ending? Do you think that was a, a good ending? As Now knowing that I'm never going to see my favorite character on, on any medium ever again, with the exception of, like, you know, back catalog, um, I'm happy with it. I know that they were for season four. They were going to go into the future, which would have been brand new territory for them. They finally would have like because you know if you watch, if you watch the original ending of Army of Darkness, he screws up and takes too much, and he ends up at, like after the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, and they were finally going to touch on the original I- idea of what happens when Ash goes to the future. Inspired, of course, by the Phantasm series. Oh God! <laughs> but I was going to bring Phantasm up, but not like that. But, but I'm okay. I'm okay with the idea of. He did his big sacrifice. He fought the big Kandarian demon. And, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, and they, and they saved him. Like, they, they saved him. They're like, he's the chosen one. We need him. And they preserve him f- till the time is right, essentially. And that he's just... And I just... You, the idea of just accepting that Ash is just going to fight this thing forever is... I'm okay with that. I don't, There's something tragic about that, though, I think. No, there, no, it definitely is, but I think it's fitting of that character. Yeah. There's something about the idea of Ash... Just, he he was brought into it accidentally, and he's going to be fighting it accidentally f- forever. And yeah, it is it is sad, but it's all, but there is a, there is satisfaction to that. It's tragic, but I feel like it's tragic in almost a poetic way. Like yeah. that that um, this is who he is. Like, yeah. and everything we see of him when he's not being the chosen one 
is terrible. Yeah. He's, he's a broken worst. person. Yeah, yeah, he's a fucking dingbat screwball. Well, I, I think a lot of it is one of the things that I really like about this show that they touch upon in season two and three is like, even when I was a kid, one of the things I always wondered about this movie was like, he's never going to be okay ever again. You know, he watched his friends kill each other and then he killed his friends. Um, he had to kill his sister. He, even if he lives, he's not going to be okay. And in this show, I kind of like how when they meet Ash's father, how he's like, you think you could just chop up your best friends and your sister and I'm supposed to take you back? You think we're going to be okay after that? You, you really think we're going to be okay after that? Like, you're a fucking lunatic. Get away from me. Like, yeah. everyone in this, they, I don't think they've really explained why he isn't in jail. But I also, I do like the fact that it shows that the ramifications that, 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 that would happen to a character like that. And it's not the most, they don't like do any like deep dives on it. It's, it's not the most articulate way, but I do think that Ash's like hedonistic lifestyle is sort of like symptomatic of like a PTSD type syndrome because this dude has seen shit that like, he fought an army of skeletons. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) He fought an army of skeletons. Um, he watched his best friends kill each other. He ripped his best shirt. Ripped his he cut his own fucking hand off. Yeah, and attacked yeah, a tree demon with a chainsaw that he replaced his hand with. After killing his, you know, like all this like shit happened to him, and it's like, yeah, I mean, if that happened to me, I probably wouldn't even. I would have been like, like first off, if we're in a cabin and I find a book, that's it. I'm killing myself right there. That's it. I don't want to. I don't want to know what else happens after that. <laughs> but I, I think that this fact that he lives this like lifestyle where all he does is like drink and fucking get wasted every night and hang out with his his like much younger coworkers is because I don't think he's well adjusted. I, I think I think that this whole thing has like wrecked him as a human being to the point of like all he knows how to do is like fight evil. And for the longest time, there was no evil to fight. So he was like, how am I going to fill my days? I know I'll get fucking blackout drunk and mess around with like every woman. that he and, can. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like that in a way it was a different way to erase the ending of Army of Darkness because the the, you know, uh, existent ending, not the intended ending is in a way for me, at least. I always hated it. It's a bit of a cop out. Yeah, it's like what, uh, the fight, the fight in Esmart. Yeah, I've always thought it was because it's just like, oh yeah, and I'm just going to be a badass for the end of time. Like it's just me being a badass. Yeah, um, I just I, I it never sat well with me, and I feel like the show by showing him to be a a washed up broken loser kind of like washes that away. Absolutely, it, absolutely. It, it almost seems to suggest like yeah, probably that was a good year. You come back from medieval times. Being a badass, you got a you got a good year where you're walking around being like, "Yo, I fought skeletons. <laughs> I, I, I fought an army of skeletons, of skeletons." But the reality is, like, he has problems and he has issues, and I think that was part of my appeal in season three. Is like all those problems are present for season one and two, and in three, it's kind of like with the presence of his daughter, he's like, "Okay." I need to figure this out. You know, like I actually thought like the moment when he's trying to convince Brandy to trust him. Yeah. And he says, you know, I'm I'm an asshole and a bad dad, but I've never lied to you, even when it makes me look really bad. Yeah. I was like, okay, there's something about that that feels true to the character in an endearing way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so anyways, I I just, there was something about that seeing a little bit more to him than that. And maybe that's because, um, you know, I love Army of Darkness, and it's the most rewatchable. 
but that version of Ash seems to has eaten the rest of Ash. Yeah, absolutely. That's what, well, that's what I was kind of saying earlier. Is people always think Evil Dead is like kind of like a silly movie, and I'm like, you're thinking of Evil Dead too. You're thinking of Evil Dead too, and you're thinking of Ash from Army of Darkness. The Evil Dead is a straightforward, dark, grisly horror movie. There's there's not there's no comedy in it. I think the only comedic moment is when they're unloading the bags out of the uh, the the car in the beginning, and Cheryl hits him in the stomach with the one bag and it's like a th- sort of a little three stooges moment but everything else about that movie is like there's no winking and nodding there's no goofiness about it ash isn't this like swaggering badass he's like a fucking college student i think they even they even say he was like an english major or something like that in college yeah. like and then it's like but then when you get in like evil dead 2 and especially army of darkness where he's this like weird quasi elvis type character who's just like you know just annoying the fuck out of everyone around him but somehow still getting the job done that's what people think of when they think of like ash williams you know not realizing that like the original character was just like an everyman he wasn't super competent or super incompetent he was like a fucking scared kid who just stumbled upon this horrible horrible situation yeah like i said the original hero the first one is well, scotty is, yeah scotty yeah he's one- like he's the one who knows who knows what to do. He's the one who's like, we're getting out of here. Ash is just like, but I think that was one of the positives to me then with the show was like, he has moments where he's acting like Ash from army of darkness, but a lot of the fights, they want to remind you of Ash from evil dead Two. Yeah. Cause if you think about it, Ash from evil dead Two, in who he is, is not that huge a gap from army of darkness, Ash, but he eats a lot of shit. Like, a lot of everything he tries to do doesn't work out. It's just yeah. a lot of him failing. And then Army of Darkness, he fails, but it's still with so much swagger. And it, even when he messes up, it's kind of like, well, fuck that anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I it, basically said him. Yeah. Uh, maybe not every single syllable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I basically, <laughs> you know, whatever. What I like about the show is it really mushes together all three ashes, and you get a little taste of each, and it becomes like a real thing. I don't think they perfected that, though, until the third season. Yeah. The third season is the most throwback feel. Like, when I was watching right. the third season, I was like, this feels like Evil Dead 4. Like, right. I, I, I don't know why it made me very, like, sad was I think it was the use of, of AHA's take on me in the trailer. Mm. Like, that song combined with, like, the it, knowing it was, like, the end. Mm. There was something really, like, sad about that. Like, mm. even watching like watching the third season when I was, like, wrapping it up, I was getting, like, not choked up, but I was like, this is it. You know, this yeah. is, this is, this is, they're tying everything together, and, like, this is. But be- they, but they did, but that wasn't even the intent. How they landed that, how they made that the ending before they knew that the show was getting canceled is like i that's that is like a miracle on itself because they ended it i felt perfect or as perfect as can be by accident because they had full intentions of making a season four with him in the future no yeah but i mean even just like i know that wasn't the intent but knowing that this was it and knowing you know it was just like like he didn't get to say goodbye he never saw pedro again he never saw his daughter again he never saw i feel bad what's her face you're talking about Kelly? Kelly. Kelly. He never saw Kelly again. Like, he never saw the only people that mattered to him anymore. They're just, they just drove but, off. But I think he knew, I think he, he, like, I think his whole goal was, I have to save them. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And it's bigger. Than, and, like, the idea of not seeing him again, as long as he knows that they were all right and that, you know, and if he can believe that they lived there. Because he woke up, like, you know, clearly they're all dead. 
Unless they, unless in season four, which I have to assume in season four, they kept all of them alive. I fucking hope so. That, that's what, that's what it had to have been. Yeah. Um, but if, even if not, even if you end the show the way it ended, not knowing that you just, you have to assume that it's just Bruce or just Ash that made it. Yeah. Um, that he at least like, okay, they, I saved them. Yeah. They, they're good. And that's, that's, that's okay with him. The people that mattered lived even though he, and, and he kind of technically died because he was asleep for you know a couple hundred yeah. years yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. So I, I think that's I think that would have been a an okay like Ash is like okay I I did my part I saved them I can deal with this shit I don't want them to deal with it anymore. And I do think that's a drastic departure from. Uh, I think our- that I think that kind of goes back to the 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 humanistic or like the more sympathetic character from the original one yeah because in army of darkness he's like i did my part yeah like you, you i send me back and they're all like okay you fucking jerk off like you yeah. can help us but you you think you're being selfish like the fact that he like literally said goodbye to the only people that mattered to him and climbed in a fucking tank yeah and, and gave just it was the finger. like and gave it the finger and was like <laughs> let's do this yeah like i don't think I, I think that shows not to be all like academic about it that shows a progression of a character yeah you know like and and Army of Darkness, he only wanted to do what he had to do to get home so he could do whatever. Where in Ash vs. Evil Dead, he very easily could have been like, oh yeah, the world's ending? Cool, I'm going to drink margaritas until my fucking liver falls out of my asshole and I don't care what happens to you people. But he doesn't. He takes up the mantle of the protector and he fucking delivers. Also, Lucy Lawless is amazing in that show. Yeah. She's so good. I mean, here's the thing. I was I am bored for season four. If it had happened, sure. But there was some part of me in the end of season three when Lucy Law's character dies that I go, well, I mean, the show's over now. Yeah. Because, like, there's just, I get that his his enemy in a real way is the, you know, the, what are the... Kandarian demon? Well, yeah, but I mean, the... Who the are dark the, ones. The dark ones are, like, really his enemy in Those a things way. were so fucking and scary. And she's sort of like this intermediary enemy who's kind of working both sides. I get that. But she's so much more engaging. Like, I, like dark ones are great, but she has personality, and I just like her in that role. And when with her gone, I feel like they probably would have come up with someone better. I guess. Well, but... I, I I wish the dark ones could have been in that show. Those things were. That's what was all the demons in this in, in that series. Like, there's I think it's in season one where they get attacked by a demon, where the skin of the demon is like television static. Yeah. That was I don't know why that just shook me when I, I was like oh don't don't show that thing again I don't want to see the television static demon again, and then like when they would show like uh, Ruby's like children I was like okay they're like your stereotypical like post two thousand demons with like yeah. where they run around on their own all fours, but like the dark ones there's something about like faceless hooded men or whatever. With those like terrifyingly deep voices just showing up and being like, "Give us the book," yeah. and then they take what they want and they're gone. Like ah, that that just that that was just a a really spooky image to me. Was was the 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 demons with the wizard hats, like the the, the tall pointed hoods, I guess. I did like the other dimension in the third season too, yeah. where they showed like the like the, that fucking thing that would come out of the ground. Yeah, that they, 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 they never explained. Yeah, like, well, I mean, sometimes that, that's that's terrifying in itself. Yeah, like, yeah. What is that? I have no idea. It's going to kill you though, and yeah. it, like sucked that one girl. It, like just pulled that one girl like into the mm-hmm. ground. I, I like that. It was like they're uh, upside down. It was yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The upside down. Yeah, I like that better than just people actually going. I like that they haven't sort of given into any prescribed kind of like cosmic view you know what i mean like the idea that it's like 
oh, so we're not just going to hell when the demons take us? Like, no, no, no. There's a whole other thing. Well, yeah, that's, that's that's the whole I'll swallow your soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's we're not dealing with Satan. We're not dealing right. with you know. It, 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 this is. I mean, let's not forget the book is called the Necronomicon. This is like Lovecraftian territory, right? Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I do like that it didn't subscribe to the uh, to the crude Judeo-Christian dichotomy. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, 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 can we talk about the name of the book? Uh, well, which 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 name? Necronomicon, Necronomicon Ex Mortis, or the yeah, the, the Notarum keep, Dumondu? The fact that they keep calling it Necronomicon, Necronomicon Ex Mortis. It yeah. only became that in part two. Yeah, because yeah. in the original one, it was wasn't it? Nor they say it in the beginning, and I can never pronounce it. Right, and it's been it's been I like it's the beginning of that movie is like a part that I like skim over real fast. Like when they when he's like, oh, I discovered this book, and I'm translating it. When nobody's like talking about, it, I'm like, you just get to the deadites <laughs> because and, and and I'm gonna discuss why the deadites in that movie are why I want to see them because they're so engaging because they're different characters. But Naturon yeah, Dimanto. That's it. And he says it. He says it in the recording. And then he starts talking Kandarian and fucks everything up. Right. It'd be cool if he was talking Kandiria. <laughs> no. And started moshing. <laughs> so much acid. Uh, oh, what the fuck was I going to say? You know what's hilarious about this whole thing, though, is Ramey, Campbell, and Taper didn't give a shit about horror movies. When yeah. They made, when they made this, they want they were more comedy guys, but they were like, ah, everyone makes comedies. Like, let's go into like uncharted territory. So they did that within the woods to give it like a shot, and then next thing you know, they they did Evil Dead. And yeah, fucking Sam Raimi is like a, like a Three Stooges like disciple. Yeah, that's why all their things are chimps. Yeah, right. Um, oh, I forget what I was going to say. I mean, I I I mean that is, it's really. I, I don't know if we should talk about this or not, but like, what the Lacasta series? No, the Bruce <laughs> Bruce Campbell's career. Like, there was a moment. I mean, right now, starting with fucking Burn Notice, he's doing all right. But there's this gap from, uh, you know, Army of Darkness, and f- before that, Briscoe County Junior. And he d- he did that Jack of All Trades. Def- that was not that bad of a show, but only lasted one season. Yeah, and then he was an occasional pop-up character on Hercules and a director on Hercules and Xena. Yeah, but he just wasn't working that much. Yeah, yeah. And I think he was. It's just not, not, mean, not, 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 not on the level of Army of Darkness. He was right. I don't think he was working on the level he wanted to be working, and he certainly not wasn't working on the level of, for me, what was represented in Evil Dead Two. And maybe that's because Army of Darkness was too ridiculous for people to get on board with or something or maybe he just didn't have the right opportunities or maybe he's hard to work with i don't know they said so did you did you read his books yeah so in make love to bruce campbell way which is completely a fictional book the <laughs> the uh story about chris uh shooter mcgavin what the hell is his name oh yeah chris mcdonald yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. apparently that is that is based somewhat on truth they would audition for similar characters and Bruce would lose out. I don't know if it was specifically him, but there was another actor yeah. that apparently Bruce would, because he would, I mean, he only did his friends movies right. up, really up until that point. So when he had to actually go in front of someone that wasn't Sam Raimi, he had to audition yeah. and he was losing roles based on this other character. And I think it might've been shooter. Yeah. But like he, uh, 
So, so, so that's why he wasn't getting to work. He was, he was literally losing it's, to someone. It's just a shame. Like, just I was thinking about this because even just on a comedic level, the work that he does in Evil Dead Two, like the fucking slapstick, the facial work, his timing, he does even does the the hand. It's unbelievable. I think it's amazing, and it's really weird to me that it doesn't get that kind of respect. I mean, obviously, it does among Evil Dead fans who like literally would just lick the jam from underneath his toes like there's Jesus. a certain i'm saying there's a certain group of people remember i worked for bruce campbell horror film fest you did and there were people who were like he's going to be here how how much time do i do i get with him how do i get more time with him can i pay someone for more time with him like there's that oh, yeah. kind of he's the king of the beamers yeah there's this kind of obsessive fan so it's not like he's completely unnoticed but watching Evil Dead 2, for me, I'm thinking other people should have noticed this who could give him, who but, could have given but, him. But, but that if you think money. about it, though, like 87 specifically, like the 80s, right. no one touched horror. No one wanted horror. Horror has always been like the bastard genre of, of movies. And it, was it was making money in the 80s, though. Yeah, but it was. But it was still a, it's a horror movie. Like, think, sure. think, think about Robert. I mean, Robert England is a legend. Like, and his Freddy Krueger right. is terrifying. But uh, he, most of his stuff was before Freddy, like V and stuff like that. Like he's he's shown up, but now he's like a genre guy. For Robert England, in my opinion, could have acted in him. Doug Bradley, they totally could have been in some bigger thing. Those dudes are both classically trained actors. Yeah. Whereas I, is and, Bruce Campbell like? Does he have any like formal? No, but but I'm just saying like I feel like, and then, then it would be even harder for Bruce. Whereas you have like a Robert England and, and um, Doug Bradley who are they actually study acting. That they didn't get the roles; it was all genre stuff. Yeah, and so Bruce Campbell, being just this guy that happened to do all right in his friends' three movies, they're probably like, mm. and and they didn't want to touch him because he was a genre guy. That's my opinion. He was also good in Maniac Cop. He's great in Maniac Cop. Yep, but a genre. It's, but it's another, another genre. genre. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I just all I'm saying is because and the, there's a part of me when I think about the performance in Evil Dead Two that just thinks it's underrated, and that I just. I could see him doing other stuff besides what he was given to do. No, absolutely, I, I, I believe that too. But you know, and that's on that's not me being a Bruce Campbell fanboy. Like I think he's a competent actor, yeah. but he was just never given those opportunities. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, can we talk about the remake real quick? <laughs> do we yeah, have to? If you yeah, we to. do have to. We do have okay. to. All right, let me tell my story on this one. Okay. So the only reason I even seen this pile of shit was because. <laughs> My, I took my buddy John, rest his soul, to see the human centipede. Okay. And he squirmed and hated every single solitary second of the human centipede. And he was like, one of these days, I'm going to get you back. Evil Dead remake hadn't even been announced yet. He sat on that. And then the Evil Dead remake came out, and he strategically planned a double date. Well, actually, it ended up becoming a triple date. Three couples went out to dinner and a movie, and that bastard picked the Evil Dead. And I couldn't say no because I had to go out on this date. So that's the only reason I've seen this movie. Ah. So I would have avoided it to, because – come on. You guys know me. Who are I, you again? I hate, hate remakes. <laughs> I know you hate And you remakes. remade my favorite movie of all time. It might, you might as well remake The Exorcist at this point because as far as I'm concerned – didn't they, didn't they do that already? Well, that's the show and it was a sequel. What about The Exorcist of Emily Rose? Was that a Stop remake it. of the? Exorcist? No, but it might as well be. 
then you could say, I mean, in theory, you could say every exorcism movie that involves a child or a, or a female. I'll say it. Of the exorcism. I'll say it. I'm on record. I'll say it. <laughs> Stop it. No, but, uh, no, I, I so, no, my, my, to get serious with the, the remake and why I hated it to, to actually like objectively look at it. I didn't have, I, I'll give Fide Alvarez a lot of credit for doing the practical effects. Um, I think it was shot creepy. It brought back the straight horror element to it, yeah. which, I, which I appreciated because I do the evil. The original Evil Dead is my favorite because it's scary. So I did like that. I didn't like. Well, I did like Mia. I forget Jane Levy. Is that her yeah, name? Yeah, I liked her. I think that character's that's great. She was the standout of the whole movie. If it wasn't for her, the movie would have been a complete waste of ninety minutes. The original Evil Dead had a lot of character in the Deadites. Each deadite was a different one. Cheryl yeah. was Cheryl was like the mastermind. Um, Shelley was the you know like the, the the baby doll, and then the other one was just like a mean. I, I always draw a blank on her name, but she was just mean. And they all had their cat. They all had like character. Yeah, like they all messed with Ash and Scotty in different ways. And in this one, they were just basically zombies that did horrible things, like the uh like the 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 girlfriend in the kitchen she was she didn't say anything she just kind of stumbled like a like a romero zombie and tried to you know murder people and and that was and that was i was like okay it's gory they did a great job with the gore especially when um levy cuts her tongue in half like that scene was that made me cringe when i when i saw that um and and she was good in the basement and everything she did in the basement but like every one that wasn't her was was just gore fodder for me yeah and it took me completely out because I'm like, man, the, like the charm of the original is that there's depth to these things. You give a shit about the characters. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't care about – I didn't even care about her brother. Like the, literally the only thing was I knew – I kind of knew going in that she was going to be the ash in a way. And then when she gets possessed, like I was – the only thing I cared about was like, well, how does this happen? How does she get out of this shit? She's already possessed. She's the, she's the Cheryl of the, of the, of the movie. How does she become the Ash? Yeah. So I was like, I was invested only in figuring out or to see how she came back to being Mia again. Sure. And then I, I do, I do. The ending was kind of cool. I mean, they used what, like a, like a gas truck worth of, uh, like a, like they used like a tanker full of like fake of blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay. And they, they, they showed the entity in a different way, but like when it was all said and done, I'm like. It, it didn't do it was like oh it looked like another like zombie movie but it was contained to a cabin i the only thing that i didn't really like about that movie is um i i, I thought the shit with bruce at the end was hokey as fuck well that that was that was literally to please everyone that was sending sam raimi death threats yeah because it, because saying. all it did was give people hopes like oh they can bring him in in the sequel they can do an evil dead four yeah now. that's all that was no yeah but it, it, it was still uh I, I still thought it was like corny as fuck but uh i've actually this was the only movie of the evil dead franchise i rewatched to prepare for this and i i think the thing i like most about it is the way that the demonic possession is sort of presented as like a pathological state. They look almost like the victims of like a disease. Uh, the way they move is sort of like fucked up and like disjointed. And I don't know, man, 
that shit with the fucking like they show it in the trailer where the girl like there's the old horror trope of the girl looking in the in the in the medicine cabinet mirror and then she opens it and when she shuts it you think there's gonna be like someone standing behind her but instead it's her own reflection so the girl like carves her face up yeah yeah like i watched that movie on i think sunday and then like sunday you know sunday night laying in bed at like two in the morning i'm just laying there and i'm like "Ah, i'm just thinking about the girl from evil dead like the fucking face in the mirror like that 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 face in the mirror and the way they they showed like what would happen to these people like like the 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 demon or whatever the the um what they called the 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 atrocity the abomination how it was sort of like showing them how they'd end up like it showed mia like uh you know about her like boiling and they you know she was in the shower it was all hot and all that uh the thing that like in in, in the actual movie that i that i that, I, that really kind of took me out of it was how um i'm not in a horror movie i've never been in a horror movie so i i really don't like when people are like well if that was me i would do this like if my friends turned into a zombie i'd fucking shoot them i wouldn't go in the room that's why horror movies wouldn't happen that's what i'm saying is if you don't go in the basement the, movie the best, the best line from Cabin in the Woods is when they find the book and they're like, "Oh, look, it's an old book written in Latin." And the one guy's like, "Do not read the fucking Latin. I'm drawing a line in the sand. No one read the Latin because no one would do that." But in this movie, the book is literally bound in barbed wire and it's written, "Do not read." And he's like, "I think you should read this." Huh? And starts so like, not even do not like. You could just read it and not read it out loud, but instead he's like, "Kandar." Motabu, and I'm like, no one would do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one. It, it, it just. It, it, and the thing is, I like that actor. That I think his name's like Lou Taylor. Like, I like, I like what that guy has done. But I just, I found that character. Like, I was like, no one would fucking do that. Like, it, in this movie that is so focused on presenting like what people would actually do, and like, a, you know, because I, I kind of liked how when Mia start freaking out, they were just like, oh, she's going through withdrawal. Yeah, like she's going through. Like I'm like, okay, that makes sense. That's why that would keep you know people think they don't realize she's possessed by demons. They think she's just going through withdrawal. So it sort of provides this like realistic explanation for what's going on. But then you got this guy who started it all because he's a fucking asshole who does something that no one would do. All right, I don't like it. Okay, okay. I know you don't because you gave me a dirty look when I brought it up last time. <laughs> here's, I mean, here's the thing. I'll I'll pull back a little bit from it because i think you both made very good points i will say parts of it did scare me what was the scariest part for you oh it's been a while since i've watched i didn't like when the dog died either i thought that was sad i've literally watched it once so i've watched it three times i mean i I felt like the stuff in the basement was i thought it was corny really yeah well no you're talking are you talking about like the beginning of the movie when he like burns that girl at the at the no because i thought that was corny no. When the, when they, when they, when the like the prequel like the like the the setup part. I thought that was good until when she was like oh I forget what she said she said something really vulgar like an yeah. out of character and I was like it was it was because she did it in that like little girl voice where yeah. she's like I'm gonna eat your soul and he's like what and she goes I'm gonna eat your soul you fucking idiot yeah I like the vulgarity and I like but it was just it was like the way it like presented how she's this like girl running in the woods and you're like oh shit like the deadites are coming for her. and you're like oh no those are people she's possessed and then when they when they reveal that she's possessed i'm like oh that was pretty cool i just didn't like how they revealed it how it was like a it felt very trauma to me exactly you know like yeah. i'm and i'm all for well so okay so this is what i was getting to fetty alvarez i know where you're going with this i think yeah evil dead don't breathe what else has he made i think he's just done evil dead and don't breathe yeah those are bad films like i just uh, for There's so many people that defend don't breathe too I'll give no. I mean, okay, I'll give. I'll I give. It. I'll give Fede Alvarez credit for one thing. His debut film 
was Evil Dead. I, I said it on Twitter. I think it took a lot of guts for that guy to like when the studio was like, hey, you want to remake Evil Dead? Like, I think that guy had a lot of guts to to, to remake one of the most one of the greatest horror films of all time. It's easy and, to have and most beloved. It's easy. Like, yeah, it's, its fans are crazy over that. Movie. Got, yeah, like you said, he got fucking death threats because of it. Yeah. It's easy to get threats or get threats. It's, <laughs> it's easy to have guts when you don't actually know what good is, and so you have no idea. I th- that I you're would, bad at this, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Like I think I will give this. I will say honestly, I think he get. He had it for me, for me at least, and I think for a lot of fans, and even like casual fans that recognize what Evil Dead is. Yeah, he had a mountain. He started at the bottom of a mountain to try to to, to climb sure. to make that movie. Right. I think. I think there's a lot. Well, I mean, for his first movie, if it was kind of like, eh, hey, but like at the same time, he's trying to break into the to the thing and to take on something as daunting as remaking a movie that has such a loyal fan base yeah. is ballsy. It is, it is gutsy. And I, I think, think the exorcist is the only one he could have, the, the only, the only other thing he could have done that would have been more like, okay. Yeah. But the, or jaws or jaws. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, I think if I think at the end of the movie, as much as I hated it, I think the guy had an idea of what he wanted to do. I think, sure. I think he, I give like an a for effort, so to speak, even though I hate the movie, I thought it failed on, too many levels but i think he tried to make his own he didn't need to make he didn't want to make it a shot for shot remake there were definitely nods to the original um but i think he he probably did in my opinion the best job that anyone would try to do making that movie i don't know Hmm. unless you took like a real seasoned horror like a john like john carpenter or any one of ones that did like any of the old campy like films even like even I wouldn't say Wes Craven now or then would have been – like a later Wes Craven would have been able to do anything. Even Romero probably wouldn't have nailed it. But like I think for someone who had, came in with a fresh idea, trying to take on a movie that was 30 years old, I think he did – I think it was going to fail no matter who did it. And he did one guess, of the best shots. I guess that's my thing. A, I'm not convinced. I am not against remakes. In fact, sometimes I think a remake would be a good idea. Personally, Evil Dead is such a fucking – mystery that it exists and that it's good that i don't know that i would say let's try to let's try for the miracle like it seems to me like you if i was going to do a remake i'd want to do something where it's like hey that was a cool idea but the execution was bad not hey this should have failed but magically it was good let's (laughs) remake that that's that's not what i would remake but i'm not against remakes my issue is i think fede alvarez based upon the two films we've seen is actually technically very good. I think he has an eye, and I think he has a general sort of very good sense about editing and how to make things tense. But all of the content, I just don't love it. And I feel like Evil Dead was a taste of it where I thought, there's something about this movie that makes me unhappy in a way that I don't enjoy. Because sometimes I love feeling bad there's something about this movie that makes me feel like i don't know i don't know how to put my finger on it and i maybe i need to rewatch it to get there but i just think there's something about the way he tells a story uh that it doesn't sit well with me and so with that movie it was like there were parts that were tense and engaging but i just didn't like where the story went overall and i didn't love his take on where that was going to go. But at the time, 
I remember thinking, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I wasn't upset. I wasn't mad. I thought, kind of what you're saying about what else was he going to do? But I still think some. I still think there are directors right now who could have done it better because for me, he took what Evil Dead was doing uh, with Sam Raimi's style and he brought it into I think a more modern, fast-paced directorial world. If I was looking for a different vision on Evil Dead, I actually think one of these more atmospheric sort of people could have done it. Actually, you know, we probably would have done a great. Well, I mean, they kind of did it anyway. It was. Uh was it Josh Whedon with uh I mean he did it with Cabin in the Woods. He I feel like they could have that team probably could have done it if they were like you got to make this serious. It's got to be a horror movie. That that the, the Cabin in the Woods team could have done instead of I don't doing No, I think the humor is what makes Cabin in the Woods work. Well, yeah, no me. no, I I get that. No, I and and they they captured that campy feel of Evil Dead 2. Right. But I think if you're going to do the first one, if you're going to go for the straight horror right. movie, I think that that's I think they had an I think they know what they must be fans of horror, like, yeah. and I feel like that maybe they could have been. That's it. I don't know. I feel like it was going to fail no matter who did it. My thing is when you do with remakes and why I hate remakes. If the movie is already, if the movie that's out now that already exists is beloved by a good number of people, why bother? It's out there. So, yeah, money. obviously, obviously, money. Money, obviously, well, no, no, money. obviously, obviously, money is the, is the reason. But I'm just saying, like, as a general, like, what's the point? Like, a movie. That I think was a good concept that isn't good, and some genre fans will get mad at me for saying this. Children shouldn't play with dead things. I would love to see a modern remake of that movie. I think the I think the I kind of like that movie, but I see what you're saying. I think that movie was I think it had a good idea, and but I'm bored. Uh, I get bored with it, and I and I and when it was over, I was kind of like, and I own it, but I'm like, this could be so much better. That's a that's a movie that if someone came out and was like, yeah, we're gonna remake Children shouldn't play with dead things, I'd be like. Can't be any worse than the first one. It's got a good idea. Let's see. If, let's see if they can get it right on the second time. Maybe the budget is what they needed. Um, but like, like when it comes to remakes, and this is out of the genre. Like they, they just tried to remake Ben Hur. Like Ben Hur is like top five film of like all time. Like, and they they tried to remake that, and it with no original idea. I mean, I guess yep. that's and that's. I mean, I think this is what we're all saying when it comes to remakes, though, which is like, um remakes unfortunately tend to happen as a as a cash grab and the idea that someone then also has an original idea even if the idea is bad but just an original idea to attach to that remake that's an afterthought the idea is do we have the rights we have the rights does it seem like the internet is interested sure it seems like it i saw it on reddit all right let's throw some money at it and then if you happen to have someone who goes oh this is my take on it that's a, just a fucking bonus that's like the icing on the cake yeah when it should be that should be the starting point hey i have an original idea on how to remake this movie oh let's start there and then figure out if it's worth remaking it mm. you know um and that just i mean i i mean someone listening to this is thinking well that's never gonna happen because that's not how hollywood works no and like i get that but i'm just telling you what i think which is that i'm fine with remakes i'm actually totally fine with remakes if and only when there's something worth remaking there. And for me, I think you're right. I mean, I wouldn't, I kind of like, uh, children shouldn't play with dead things, but I think it's not a bad example of, we could all think of movies that aren't terrible, but execution wise don't quite get there. What movie did we talk about on the show? 
where we were like, this could really go for a remake. Nightbreed? I don't know. I won't remake Nightbreed. Rawhead Rex? Uh, I, I, I don't think we said that. But I... I would yeah. go for a Rawhead Rex remake. Yeah. I, don't, I actually don't think that's a bad idea. Uh, I was trying to be an asshole. About I know, it, but. but I actually don't. I actually don't think that's a bad idea. Yeah, or uh, I don't know, Inseminoid. Fuck you. <laughs> that's f- fuck you. <laughs> so uh, I'm God. just going to keep punishing Justin that we watched Inseminoid. The last question is kind of like a two-parter. Uh, do you think? Wh- okay, which would you in the two franchises out of this and Phantasm when it came to like low-budget indie? horror movies that are like beloved and have withstood the test of time do you think this or phantasm is well evil dead's the the more i think if i went to an average person and said uh you know with you know do you even know of phantasm like i feel like phantasm's never hit that like evil dead is is so big now yeah even, even though it's there, there are definitely i have run into people there's some coworkers of mine that i'm like Oh, you know what's oh what's that tattoo in your arm? It's like the Evil Dead. What the hell is that? I'm like, wait, what? And I have to do a double. Thing. I'm like, you never saw the Evil Dead, and they're like, I don't even know what that is. And I'm like, Jesus, horror movie, blah blah blah. And then I have to let them borrow it, and then they're like, the movie was stupid. I'm like, oh my god, like because they're looking at it, uh, they're looking at a lens of oh this is cheesy. Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't take into consideration that it was 1981. Stephen King said it was like the the you know the, the best horror movie ever seen. Do they not know that Jason Voorhees is a fucking deadite? Do they not know that? <laughs> but the but the uh, but I would say that the the Evil Dead, I don't know. It, it, removing all aspect of anyone else and just looking at it from me, Phantasm looks better. I would say, uh, and still probably is more. I think that would be more um, easy to digest for a fan now, like a new fan that's never seen either of them. Yeah. Than than the original Evil Dead. I actually would say to anyone that's like, "Oh, I want to see those movies," oh, uh, you know, I'd be like, "Just start with two. I would tell everyone to start with Evil Dead two, okay, and then go because I feel like that's the easiest to gravitate towards. It's cheesy enough looking, but it's it's still it's much much more polished than the original one in terms of looks. Like some people look at that old effects and they can't get past it. I think it makes the movie. Well, I. I agree. Yeah. But you have to take the average movie going yeah. audience. Yeah. That they don't – if I showed my sister and her friends that – my sister's 22 and she doesn't really watch horror movies. If I showed her Phantasm, she'd probably be more scared about Phantasm than she would be the original Evil Dead. She would watch the original Evil Dead and probably laugh at it. Interesting. Um, so as much as I think the Evil Dead's the better movie as far as what stands the test of time or what would be more palatable to a new audience – I'd probably, you know, you know, you can, this is recorded, <laughs> but I'm going to have to say Phantasm probably holds up better Okay. as far as strictly on looks. But if you can, if you get someone that's likes horror movies, that's starting to really get into horror movies now, I think the evil dead people, I think a new, you get a new 16 year old that's really been like, Oh my God, all these horror movies, watch them. And you show them the evil dead, the evil dead is going to be the one. And he goes, Holy shit. Okay. Second question. No, Liam needed to answer. I never got to answer. Answer the question, Liam. Answer the fucking you, you, you question. Get five, you, get, cut, you, you see who's going to cut you, me off. You get five words. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I think, actually, I, I kind of agree with you that Phantasm, in and of itself, 
uh, it has a broader appeal than the original Evil Dead. I don't know about Evil Dead Two, but I think it 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 certainly is its own kind of movie that has um, I think a certain amount of artistic merit that a lot of people can connect to. But when I think about sort of the long term impact, I just think people are going to be talking about the Evil Dead movies for a while because partly because Ash versus Evil Dead, partly because of Sam Raimi's not exactly gone from the picture, and I'm not convinced he's not going to do more things, and so. I think we're at the point now where well, there's Phantasm already doesn't matter. Like, I think it already is over. And I think that was partly because Phantasm, with Phantasm 5, that was the last one we watched, right? Don't say its name. Just say Phantasm 5. Is that the new one? Yeah. With Phantasm 5, we have so sufficiently eviscerated... Just shat in the mouth. <laughs> and shat on the legacy of Phantasm <laughs> that it's... This is the thing. We actually each could say something we don't love about something like Army of Darkness or Ash vs. Evil Dead. But there is no single moment for me in the entire Evil Dead world, including the fucking comic books, that is as embarrassing as two of the movies in the Phantasm. Which ones? Uh, I think three and five. You go with three? I would go in two and five. Because two, 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 two has fake Michael in it. Oh, you're right. I forgot. Yeah, two is bad. Yeah, I like three, actually. But yeah, but uh, my, my argument was literally Phantasm 1 versus Evil Dead 1. But I think but, you were saying about the... I mean, we're talking about the whole... The impact of the whole franchise. Are you just saying the first one two, two movies? Or the, 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 first, the first movies in each franchise. Yeah, because... This, but that's this, what I'm saying. I think people are going to forget about that first Phantasm because... Well, my, all the others have it, been it was bad. sort of like... When it, when it talks to... When, I, I was talking about making a horror movie... Not by not with major studio funding because like you have all these classic horror movies, like Friday the Thirteenth was a major studio, Nightmare on Elm Street, major studio, uh, The Exorcist. You know those were all like big budget movies. Uh, Sam Raimi and his like friends made Evil Dead, and like right. Don Coscarelli and his friends made Phantasm. So it's just sort of like I've always felt that those two movies were like the two classic horror films, you know, from the last like forty years that were sort of like. They didn't have like truckloads of money behind them, and they were just made by people sure. who, like, sheer force of will, were like, "We are going to make this fucking movie if it kills us." And they just ended up making something like Transcendental. And I think that's, I think that's why that they succeeded. They were, because there's, I mean, you can read any like interview with Sam Raimi about how they were like almost freezing to death in the in the woods in Tennessee making the original Evil Dead. Yeah. Um, and I think that sheer will to make this movie and make these shots happen and all that stuff, because Raimi was like climbing up in the the attic or the the, the rafters to make certain sh- just a, a five second shot happen. Yeah, and they were doing all this crazy stuff. I think that that sheer desire to make this movie and make it work, and th- everyone sacrificed their time and and didn't get paid well. Like the actors got paid nothing almost. Yeah, they, they basically volunteered at that point. Um, to me, and and I I can't really I never really looked into how Cascarelli made Phantasm if he had to go through the same types of hardships, but but the end of the day it was these there was it was such passion behind those movies. I think that's why great mo- two great movies came out of that. It wasn't just it wasn't someone saying. Uh, I just read an interview with Rob Zombie when he was making uh, what was it? Um, Three from Hell. No, it was one of the. It might have been Halloween too, and or. He just kept – no, I'm sorry. It was when he made House of a Thousand Corpses. He used to get like these 
small budgets to make his uh, music videos. Yeah. And he was like, and he said, he's like, well, if I could just make a movie. But he said every time he went back to the studio, I think it was Universal was the original one, they just kept throwing money at him. And he was like, oh, I can just keep doing crazy things. And I feel like when you have, when you're just like, oh, well, now I can do this like crazy thing and you don't have to like really visualize and make what you make do with what you have work. Yeah. Like you lose some of, now don't get me wrong, I we've we talked in great we length have, the, we have. the zombie stuff. Yes. But I think when you have to improvise and, and sacrifice and all that stuff, like the passion comes out in it. And I think that's you why. You got to stay hungry. Yeah, I think that's why Evil Dead and. You ain't been hungry since you got that belt. <laughs> you ain't yeah. been hungry since House of a Thousand Corpses, Rob. Yeah, yeah pretty much. But I think that's I think Rob's that's why never been hungry. I think that's why those two uh, those two movies worked is because they were friends with no money. It was passion projects. Because if you look at some of Raimi's stuff now, when he has a shit ton of money, passion's not there. No, Drag Me to Hell left me wanting more. No, I I felt like Drag Me to Hell only was his best representation of Sam Raimi in a long time because he wrote that just after he wrapped um, Army of Darkness. That was supposed to be his next film mm. and then he was offered Quick and the Dead. So for me, Drag Me to Hell was Meyer Modder. They probably tweaked the script a little bit but it felt very 1994. Yeah, yeah. So I like Drag Me to Hell. Uh, yeah, there's, there could have been some stuff done differently but when you look at... Um, Take like his real big budget ones, like uh, Spider Man Three was not a passion project, and that, <laughs> and that movie, that movie's dog shit because yeah. he didn't care because he he was given a bazillion dollars to make a movie that he didn't really care about. Yeah, uh, Oz and Great and Powerful, he was sought out after that, given a, another gazillion dollars to make a movie that sucks because there was no passion behind it. When you force him to, and I and I can only imagine that Drag Me to Hell was successful because he wasn't given a lot of money. That there's no way that I mean yeah twenty million dollars or or whatever but that's like nothing in modern no. cinema time like you look at something like the Avengers that has like a billion dollar budget twenty million is like you know dropping a bucket for a yeah. movie. My last question: Do you think that pound for pound, the Evil Dead franchise is the greatest horror franchise of all time? It's it's the trilogy. That's it. No Star Wars. It's the trilogy. How about you, Liam? Because there are no bad Evil Dead movies. You can't say that about any other franchise. Yeah, I think that might be right. There we go. On the record. I, I mean, it's hard for me to say that, not because I don't love those movies, but because I really want to... There's just so many horror movie sequels that are surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, and we tend to focus on the ones that are surprisingly bad. Um, but yeah, there's no bad evil, even with my distaste for some of the episodes of Ash vs. Evil Dead. Not every episode of that show works for me. Still less embarrassing than a Halloween 4 or anything besides Halloween 3. I like Halloween 2. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't hate it. Yeah, it's definitely better than four. Oh, four so <laughs> Which is the one where the doctor teaches him how to drive? Is that five or six? Oh. It's not six. Six was the curse. That was actually pretty good. The one with Paul Rudd. Yeah, so I think it was five. Yeah, you like six really? I like the director's cut of six. Huh. I haven't watched it. It actually changed it. So I, when I watched Curse of Michael Myers, which I think I saw that in the theaters too, um, 
it didn't really i was like eh, it, was, it was another halloween movie it was just it had its moments but then when i watched the director's cut i don't know how many years it's been a couple of years since the first time i saw it i was like this is like a whole new movie let's put it this way if we cut out the la casa movies then <laughs> we're gonna bring in those la casa movies somewhere <laughs> see if we cut out the la casa movies it is but if well, we keep but, them in it still is but, but the la casa movies i mean i don't know how they got away with lumping them together like at least with the zombie films like the the and your guy uh, just covered this in that article he wrote for for Was the it site. Spot check did that. Yeah, um, they at least have like a common theme. It's zombies. It's 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 zombies. Like the last one or whatever is like kind of a little crazy because it doesn't have like birds. A, it birds. has birds or whatever. Yeah. So that's that's a little off the rails. But at least it's still it's zombies. Right, but that's it's still a pretty. Lo- I mean, in theory, La Casa has a theme too. It's houses. There's a house. <laughs> yeah, but, but but after that, it's there, there's no Necronomicon in any of the other in the ones. Nope. I think the one is like dolls. That's um, Ghost House. Ghost House is great. To yeah. be fair, in Dawn of the Dead, even in the European cut, other than his comment that when hell is full, the dead will rise and walk the earth. They're still pretty clear it's not a voodoo situation. Yeah. And then we get to Zombie 2, and Fulci's like, oh, definitely voodoo. It's voodoo. We're just, that's what we're dealing with is voodoo. Like, you know, and then from there, it just goes off the walls. I, I, I mean, you're right. This is a weird European thing that you could go, look, it's just a name. So if I choose to name my movie the same name, what's, you know, no harm, no foul. That, I mean, that was not to get, uh, we should wrap this up. But I mean, it's, it's like, there were so many, there were, technically, there are, there are four demons movies. Right. There are two that were actual demons. Right. There are fucking seven Lacasse movies. Yeah, and two of them are uh, Lacasse Six is actually called Lacasse Two again, and Lacasse Seven <laughs> is Lacasse Three. And then there's a there's a shitload. I just think it's like weird European. It's like it's thing. It's it's how they do it in Europe. It's different over there. It it could they me, still do it though? It's no no. Unfortunately it, not. It's, it's a, to me, it's fortunately no, it's not. no different. It's no different than what we're talking about with remakes. Someone has made an original movie called Ghost House. Someone has made an original movie called Witching. Someone's made an original movie called Beyond Darkness. And then a studio in Europe is like, "We got this thing's got to make money. You know what makes money? These fucking La Casa movies. Put La Casa on it, and then that's that'll get us some money." But well, it's like the Hellraiser movies. But but Sylvia, will they like it? They'll fucking like it because I tell them they like it. <laughs> and we liked Ghost House. Ghost House, I love is Ghost House. Good. Witching, I've seen it, but I don't remember much about it. That's the David Hasselhoff one. And then Beyond Darkness. But okay. we've all we've all seen Beyond House Darkness too. is bad. Yeah. yeah, Beyond Darkness is pretty bad. Technically, because the Necronomicon is in Jason Goes to Hell. Jason's a deadite, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You've heard that? How the director from Jason yeah. Goes to Hell? Yeah. And, like, they asked Sam Raimi, and Sam Raimi was like, sure. Like, just leave me alone. Sure, he's a fucking dead. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Which is why they've always should have made Ash versus Jason versus Freddy. Versus Leprechaun. <laughs> In space. Versus In space. Leprechaun. <laughs> so that... Wait a minute. I take and it back. And then Chucky wins. I take it back. Leprechaun is the greatest franchise of all You're time. an asshole. <laughs> so that's our Evil Dead retrospective. I take it back. Tales from the Hood is the greatest franchise of all time. I'll take that. I haven't even seen Tales from the Hood 2 yet. I, I is it out? It, it played at Fantasia Fest oh. to glowing reviews. Really? Yes. And is, now is Fantasia Fest the, like a, is that like genre fans? So that, because I'm not going to take some random idiots 
Like, oh, I saw this movie and it was stupid. There Some was fucking Harvard asshole seeing a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Fantasia Fest is the one in Montreal. The oh, big, okay. The big oh, genre. Montreal. Interesting. I can't go there. Because you hate the French? Because <laughs> I don't have a passport. <laughs> Do you not have a passport? I don't. Get a Suze fucking does, passport. Suze doesn't either. We should all get passports. I had one, but it expired. Let's get passports. All right. So, John, thank you again for coming on talking shit with us for two hours. Dude, it's Evil Dead. It's always fun. Someone gave me an opportunity always fun. to talk in length about that movie. It's always fun. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being our Patreon subscriber. Uh, you can go to www.cinepunks.com to check out more episodes of this podcast and many other great podcasts, including but not limited to The Fucking Mandate with my man John Ren himself. Uh, Brendan Foley, Black Sun Dispatches, he has, he just started season two of Black Sun Dispatches. I'm a little bit behind, but so I feel guilty, but I'm sure it's, it's, I'm sure it's great. You should follow him on Twitter, the true Brendan Foley. He posts cool updates about it. Uh, there's also our flagship podcast, Cinepunks. They just put out a new episode on, uh, Tales from the Quad Dead Zone, which was great to listen to. I'll, I want to watch, I want to see that movie now. And science crazed. And science crazed. Uh, you can also, like I said, you can find out how to donate to our Patreon there, which if you choose to do so, that's great. And if you don't, that's fine too, because we still love you no matter what. Um, if you go to iTunes, you leave us a five-star review. Uh, I'm going to rip off my man's over on Horrified Podcast. If you leave us a five-star review, and if you write a five-star review, we will read that five-star review on this show. Everybody does that. Okay. Well, I just the Horrified guys, I just saw that first. I like that, that you gave them credit for something that... I don't. I don't listen. I, I don't listen to. Me, I, I listen to like. This is like if you were like, I gotta give credit. I saw my man John Ren <laughs> putting French fries in fucking ketchup. That's a revolution. Ketchup. Revolution. He's I a don't revolutionary. Steal the idea without giving yeah, you yeah. credit. So anyway, <laughs> so yeah, do that. Also, um, if you just just write us a review. If you write us a review, five star review, just shoot me your address. I'll send you some free swag. Uh, and remember, when you go on iTunes, you gotta rate. You got to review, you got to subscribe, and you got to download. Just fucking smash that MF and download button over and over again. And you can get us, find us on Twitter at the Harbiz666. Uh, you can send us any requests, questions, complaints, or threats to the Harbiz at gmail.com. And if you don't want to know all things mandate, it's just RenXXX. Just follow me. Yeah, on Twitter? On everything. Everything. Ren X- he doesn't do anything on Twitter. You know, occasionally. Donald Trump is on Twitter, so I don't go on Twitter. Fair <laughs> enough. That's fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Unfortunately, Donald Trump is on planet Earth, yeah. but I'm stuck here. We're out of here soon. So, uh, again, thank you as always listening. John, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. And um, until next time, stay creppy. Or goodbye.